Good evening and welcome. Today is Tuesday, January 16, 2024. Uh, I call to order the South Miami City Commission meeting. Again, if you could silence your cell phones at this time, we would appreciate it. Madam Clerk, if you could call the roll, please. Yes, Mayor Fernandez. Present. Vice Mayor Bonish. Here. Commissioner Lehman. Present. Commissioner Corey. Present. Commissioner Kaye. Here. You have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. If we could all please stand for uh, a brief prayer and a moment of silence. Short prayer for the new year. God of all time, help us to enter the new year quietly, thoughtful of who we are to ourselves and others, mindful that our steps make an impact and our words carry power. May we walk gently, may we speak only after we have listened well. Creator of all life, help us enter the new year reverently, aware that you have endowed every creature and plant, every person and habitat with beauty and purpose. May we regard the world with tenderness May we honor rather than destroy. Lover of all souls, help us to enter the new year joyfully, willing to laugh and dance and dream, remembering our many gifts, the thanks, and looking forward to the blessings yet to come. Amen. 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 Commissioner Kai, would you listen to the pledge, sir? Pledge of allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Please be seated. Madam Clerk, I believe we have a number of presentations this evening. Yes, we have five. Great. Thank you. Could you please call the first item? Yes. Sunshine Corvette Club. Thank you. If anyone from the Sunshine Corvette Club is present, please come forward. Oh, so sorry to hear that. And one of them's out of town. We have about 78 people, but only about half of us work. Great. Well, good evening. Thank you for being here. If you could just introduce yourself for the record, please. Bertram Goldsmith, Jr., but known as Chico. And this, he thinks, it looks like my brother, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Jacobs. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Yeah. We just wanted to have you here and say thank you for the support you provided to this year's Elves Parade. Uh, all of us were uh, lucky enough to ride, most of us, in one of your vehicles. We appreciate your long-standing support for the event and just wanted to recognize you. If you want to say a bit about the club for the benefit of the audience, we'd appreciate it. Well, we just, I mean, we're, it's called Sunshine Corvette Club, and Corvettes, obviously. And it's there, look at the back, it's a, and we're sponsored by Mommin and Chevrolet up the highway here a little ways. Um, if you're interested, uh, February 25th, the Sunday, at Mommin and Chevrolet, it's going to be all Corvette club, uh, all Corvette sh uh, show. So you're more, more than welcome to uh, have a Corvette, let us know when you can join the club. Thank you. If you could just repeat that into the microphone so they can hear you at home as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> We're having a, a show, a Corvette show, at Bomber and Chevrolet on uh, Sunday, February 25th. Everybody's welcome to come, and there should be, we're hoping, about 100 Corvettes to show up. And uh, more than willing to have them come in, take a look, and see what, maybe they'll buy one. Who knows? That'd be amazing. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. We have a small uh, certificate for you. If you could just come up, we'll take a picture together. Thank you.
Madam Clerk, the next item, please. Yes, the Unity Wall presentation. Uh, Ms. Williams, are you speaking? Or, sorry, Ms. Reedon. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Michelle Reedon, and I am uh, a resident of South Miami. I was born and raised here. And I just want to thank um, the mayor, and I'd also like to thank um, our Commissioner Steve for allowing us to come before you, and I thank the entire commission uh, for being here. I thank you all that are in social media and those that are here. Uh, we're here to, um, we have a group, I'm with a group, and if you all would stand please, we're called the United Survivors. We got together over three years ago, thank you very much, <laughs> and we got together over three years ago and we were in Friendship Park. We decided every month after George Floyd's death, we got together and we started to build a relationship. And the relationship we wanted to build was we shared our differences, what was going on, and we decided, okay, we're gonna make a difference. So we're here to make a difference. And what we have done is we've done some small projects here in the city of South Miami, but this project that we're doing, which is a unity wall, as I grow, I grew up as a young girl, there was a wall. It was on 66th Street and 64th Street. It's on the light there. And that wall was a dividing wall for blacks and whites. We could not go to live over on that other side of town. Um, my grandmother was a maid. She would, Miss Jeffries, I would never forget the lady that was, that she was a maid for a very sweet and nice lady. She would go and she would do domestic work and there were those that did lawn services and that was as far as we could go. But thank to God and to those that have decided to make a difference. And now we decided that, hey, we gotta make a difference. We can no longer just sit aside and let things happen. So we three, we're not the mod squad, but it's three blacks and three whites. And mm. we decided to share <laughs> our differences and decide on, well, what can we do to make a difference? So we're here today as a united force for our community that we will be doing a, um, it's, instead of a divided wall now, we'll be having a united wall. And we'll be having a united um, community effort on January the 20th, which is this coming Saturday from 9 to 11, which we invite each and every person to come and be a part and make your mark on that wall, okay? We just thank you all for that. And um, I also like to give um, Jerome Brown. Some of you all know Jerome Brown. Jerome has been a donor. Jerome was raised and he was born and raised here. He's now in North Carolina. But he comes back and he gives to the community. He also was a product of Upward Bound at the University of Miami. He was the first in his family to go to college, but he has not forgotten South Miami. He's a part of giving back to the Grey Ghost where he came from. So I just wanna thank Jerome for being able to help and support us with this effort as well. I'm gonna conclude, but I'm gonna ask Gray Reed if she would come up and give her presentation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ms. Reed, you're recognized. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm Gray Reed and part of United Survivors. And um, part of this project was uh, doing research on the city of, of the black community in the city of South Miami and particularly the 59th place, which was the main street of that community. 
And we spoke with, um, with Sarah Tompkins, who's an amazing historian of, um, of this community, also with Reverend Josephine Anderson with, and with Mildred Mitchell, and of course with Michelle Reedon, who remembers quite a bit from, um, from growing up here. And I worked with some, with some students. Um, we did a drawing first, and up on the screen, you'll see a digital reproduction, a digital visualization of what, uh, starting, on 64, starting on 64th Street, you sort of walk along, there's a doctor's office, there's uh, Hattie Miller's house, yeah, you know all of this. Yeah, and 59th now we're going down 59th place. We got Gene Miller's restaurant. We got the we got the Harlem Inn. We got the Catch a Break Corner. Uh, we've got the uh, Dean McCants. The, we've got um, we've got the fish store. Uh, yeah, you can keep going. The Red and White House. Uh, we've got Miss D and Miss Mamie. They were the scolds of the neighborhood. And uh, <laughs> so we got the, the beauty parlor there. We have the original um, St. John's Church uh, that has since been rebuilt. So you keep on going. We've got Sister's House. Um, all of the places that, um, that Michelle remembers and that, uh, that Sarah Tompkins remembers, she was amazing sitting down with us and just saying, then there was this, and then this, and then this, and then this. So I invite the community to take a look at this and to give us some feedback. We know it's not perfect, but, um, um, but we would like to develop it and, and to put it onto the, to the city website. Um, at this point, I'm gonna turn it over to Gail Alexander, who is our artist for the mural that is going up on, uh, on 62nd Avenue. Thank you. Thank you. Gail, good evening. Good evening, my name is Gail Alexander. Uh, reside 6401 Southwest 63rd Court, South Miami. I uh, want to say thank you and again good evening to the mayor, the commissioners, and the city manager and the guests. Um, I want to talk about my purpose tonight is to discuss the three installations that I put up and put together. One, of course, you just saw the video that Gray designed. Her architectural rending is the first one, rendering is there. The second one, the South Miami, is my design and my calligraphy and font of how I want to see South Miami uh, to have the look to really bring about the beautification of our area. Okay, and the last one, uh, pictures of our group, which is United Survivors, they already talked about that, and the other opportunities that we've had to go out and work and paint, dealing with the elements, painting around the rain, painting during the rain, <laughs> painting after the rain, and having so many people to come out and volunteer. Have no idea how good it feels to have people come by and give you the thumbs up. They don't have to know your name. They don't have to know who you are. They don't have to know where you came from, but you're doing, we are doing as much as we can do to beautify the city of pleasant living. So this is my part. Um, I enjoy what I do. Got the best working team got the best supporters, and you all as volunteers are always welcome to come out. And I can say so many, I'm thinking so many other things I need to say, but I don't want to take up too much time, but uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to allow me to use my gifts for South Miami. Thank you, Gail, for all your hard work. Gail, just before you go, so 
so everyone understands the opportunity. So Saturday, you can volunteer to help create the okay. mural that you've designed? Yes. Okay. Yes. So everyone and can I'll come out and paint a, paint a section of the mural under your instruction and guidance? Yes. Okay. And don't be afraid because once you get there and once you see how I'm running and, and doing everything, you fit right in. I'm going to include everything that you're doing. Okay? So everything works out good. Thank you. Gail, before we lose you, one last thing. January 20th. January 20th. Saturday uh -huh. from 9 to 12. 9 to 12. And paint with us. Put your, put your mark on the wall. Colleagues, any questions? So, ladies, what else? What else can we do to get out the word for the community? Is there anything else that we can do to get the word out? Anything else we can do? Perfect. And then, lastly, really important question: Why does Miss Reed not have a shirt? Did she go through a member <laughs> removal process? What happened there? Okay. Commissioner Corey, you're recognized. I, I wanted to add that this is an extremely kid-friendly event. Uh, kids can paint there or even put their handprints on the wall, which is just such a nice thing for them to have um, as a piece of South Miami history. So just wanted to add that as well. Thank you. Please come up to the microphone. Michelle, microphone. if you can come to the microphone, please. Thank you. <laughs> you don't have to know how to paint to come out. Gail has, and her group has put a little sketch how you can follow so you can, you know, like we used to do in the coloring books or whatever. So all you need to do is just get a paint and brush. And even if you just take a brush or two, you won't be wrong because you'll have a little etch there, sketch there, so you can follow. Fantastic. Thank you and, all so much. And, and then she fixes it later in my case. Exactly. <laughs> Further questions or comments? Well, thank you for all your work and your presentation. Thank you. Madam Clerk, uh, next presentation, please. Uh, recognition of William Wayne Morton as employee of the quarter for Q4 of 2023. Madam Manager, you've got this? Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. I'd like to, there are two presentations. So first is employee of the quarter, then employee of the year. And we can do photos if that's okay with you. We're following your lead. Thank awesome. you. So I'd like to invite William Morton, better known as Wayne. <laughs> Wayne was hired in 2018 as a maintenance worker, and he's since been promoted several times. Um, he's currently a heavy equipment operator, too, and he's a go-to guy in public works. Um, usually for after-hour emergencies, not only because he's a hard worker, but also because he's a South Miami resident. Um, of note, during this quarter, um, during the last quarter, there was an emergency that came up in a canal because there was a fallen tree. The city did not have a boat, but Wayne did. So he came out with his boat, and he helped cut the tree and remove it. Um, so he is being awarded employee of the quarter for Q4. So you have any words you want to say, Wayne? Thank everybody that, that voted for me. I appreciate everything. I love my city. Love my people. Love my coworkers that uh that recognize me. So hey. Congrats. Good job, Wayne. Congrats, Wayne. Thank you. Mayor, if Mayor, if I if I could uh, you just may. to just to attest a little bit to, to Wayne's work, uh, um, you know, one example is uh, we had a little bit of a rain and windstorm event that uh, caused some uh, trees to, to come down and block roadways. And it was about 7 p.m. and it was dark. I decided to go by and check it out. And our assistant director 
uh, was out there, and here comes a, a, a white car with some saw sticking out the window, and I'm like, <laughs> and here comes Wayne, you know, pulls the saw out of his car, and you know, chops that up and, and, and gets the uh, debris out of the way, you know, after hours, and th that's the kind of work that happens with a smile always, so I appreciate his, uh, his work. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Sam. So next we have Employee of the Year, Miguel Vega. Miguel. We recently recognized Miguel as Employee of the Quarter for Q3. His consistent hard work, the smile he always has on his face got him voted as Employee of the Year by all his peers. We all want to have a Miguelito in our department. Public Works is lucky enough to claim him, so a very well-deserved recognition. And thank you for all your hard work on City Hall. No. No? No? no. <laughs> Not a man of many words. But, Mr. But Manager? I will invite John Reese because Public Works dominated Employee of the Quarter, three out of the four. Um, so John has a couple words to say. Great. Thank you. Mr. Reese, you're recognized. First of all, I want to say congratulations to Miguel and also to Wayne. And also thank you to the city manager and assistant, the deputy city manager um, for recognizing and coming up with this program to recognize the employees. You know, I have a good team. Miguel's always smiling and positive attitude. And the same with Wayne. Thank you. Good job, John. Good job. Pictures? Take pictures. Okay, in our final presentation, uh, we're here to honor uh, 30 years of excellent service from our one and only city clerk, uh, city clerk Nikki Payne. So, uh, Nikki was hired on June 28, 1993. Sorry to put the date out there, Nikki. Uh, she started her work here in South Miami as a secretary in our career counseling program in the uh, former Office of Development. She was then promoted to Administrative Secretary for the Clerk's Office in 1998 and served as our Deputy Clerk beginning in 2005 until she finally got the big chair here on the day it's with us in 2018 and has been doing a great job ever since. So, Nikki, we are very grateful for your service. I, I can't believe you've been here 30 years. I was telling her <laughs> earlier, I, it's just, 
you look amazing, so congrats. Whatever you're doing, please share the secret. And uh, no, we are, it's a pleasure to work with you. Thank you for always having a smile on your face and, and making us always look great. Thank you. Colleagues, any comments? Pictures? Any comments before you take pictures? Commissioners, let's get that out of the way. Go ahead. I'll start. Go, on, Commissioners. Uh, Nikki, thank you so much for everything you do. I think that your smile is contagious. Uh, you keep everything light in here, and, and uh, we appreciate all the hard work you do for the city, for the community as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Mr. Corey? I just wanted to thank you, obviously, for always answering all of my questions that I ask you and, uh, and, and for always being there. Uh, Swearing me in, I appreciate that too. You, you've uh, you've done an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. And Vice Mayor, I am appreciative of your help in keeping us organized. <laughs> it's not an easy task with the five of us, so thank you very much. Commissioner Liebman, uh, certainly the, the first impression and the best impression of South Miami, and Nikki is the first impression when you uh, when you walk into City Hall, and this is the best part of South Miami. Uh, not just the two gentlemen we recognized earlier and our city clerk of 30 years who shows you this is a great place to work. Um, but it's it's on our entire staff, which is our team, which again, I've said up here many times, is the absolute best part of South Miami. So we love and appreciate everyone on our team. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah, you're welcome. We have a small token for you. We'll take a picture. And Nikki almost didn't make it here today. <laughs> she was stuck at the airport yesterday. Nikki.
Thank you again and congrats. Thank you. <laughs> Madam Clerk, we don't have any add-on items tonight, do we? No. Thank you. Uh, can I get a motion to approve the minutes of December 19, 20? To be deferred. I want it to be deferred. Thank you. So we do have a deferral request. I believe it's item six. Is that correct? Say that again. I believe item six is the, the deferral request. No, I was asking to defer the minutes. To defer the minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, can I get a motion to defer the minutes of December 19, 2023? Second. I have a motion by oh, Commissioner motion. Corey, a second by Commissioner Kaye. Madam Clerk, can you call the roll, please? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bernice? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Deferral passes five zero. Okay, and just, and just to set the agenda for the rest of the evening, I believe we have a motion to defer item six. Is that correct? Mr. Williams? Good evening, Mr. Mayor, Commissioners. James Williams with the offices uh, of Holland and Knight, located at 71 Brickle Avenue, Miami, Florida. I'm here representing uh, Baptist South Miami Hospital, and we would like to request a deferral to April 16th, 2024. Okay. Without objections, there a motion to, for the deferral? I have a question. Yes, sir, you're recognized. What, what, why do we need a, a deferral? Mr. Williams, would you like to answer that? Yeah, so the deferral is in connection to a financing agreement that we're still working out. There's three entities um, as part of this, this development, uh, and we're all, we're, we're all working together amongst those entities to figure out the commitments um, and how it applies as well to the development agreement specifically. Thank you. Uh, question for the city manager. So this is just a process thing to make sure, you know, we don't continue to move either one. So we continue to move it instead of deferring it uh, week after week or after meeting mm -hmm. after meeting. This is just so we don't continue to do that. The I'm just trying to understand why. Yeah, I believe they're well. They're asking for the three months so that that it's pushed to a date certain, um, and instead they have of some kind of timeline. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Any further questions? Seeing none, can I get a motion for the deferral to April 16th? I move the motion. Second. Okay, we have a motion by Commissioner Kai, a second by Commissioner Corey. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Vice Commissioner Lehman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bernice. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. I don't defer to April 6th. Great, thank you. I believe we've got a number of people here for thank public you. remarks. So rather than take up the manager and uh, city attorney's report without objection, I'm going to advance public remarks. So first on the list, I have Karen Neal. Or I think Gail. Gail, we, do we take care of you with the uh, presentation? Thank you. Okay. So I have Karen Neal uh, regarding South Miami Park. Good evening. Good evening. If you could put your name and address in for the record, please. My name is Karen Neal, 6235 Southwest 44th Street, South Miami, Florida. Thank you. And it's a beautiful night to be here tonight. I'm really happy to uh, be a part of the celebrations. Thank you so much, Commissioners, Mayor, Vice Mayor, for, and the Parks Department for the recent public meeting on January 10th regarding development plans for South Miami Park. And in the spirit of invited participation and input, I would like to make the following statement. The current plans to improve the grounds of South Miami Park are most welcome, with the exception of some critical points. The implementation of artificial turf, surrounding fencing, concrete foundations under the picnic structures, and 12 70-foot high lighting poles. In short, bathrooms, water fountains, tree canopy shade, natural grass, and places to sit, yes. Artificial turf, fencing, more concrete, and massive field lighting, no. This warns of a potential for-profit enterprise on parkland that could cause environmental harm, which could violate the Miami-Dade 2006 referendum. 
and it does not serve our larger community like the elderly and very young. To install artificial turf over the existing natural green grass poses considerable environmental concerns. The total currently projected area to be covered by non-federally regulated crud rubber, propylene, and chemical-laden laden infill is roughly four acres surrounded by fencing, not including the land already covered by the playground and concrete bases of the picnic structures. We are looking at covering almost the entirety of 10 acres of cooling green space. The inevitable disintegration of these toxic materials from extreme heat and rain will leak plastic microbes into our watershed. A recent study in August of this past year conducted by the Ryan Institute of Neuroscience has discovered that exposure to plastic microbes through drinking water not only bioaccumulates in every organ, including the brain, but also that study mice exhibited dementia-like behavior akin to humans. The studies on artificial turf are just emerging, and it would be very wise to wait until the health concerns related to such material are more understood. We do know that artificial turf harbors bacteria and requires regular disinfection, as well as destroys the habitat of the soil for any kind of insect or wildlife. To remove such a field is incredibly difficult and costly, a shameful legacy we would potentially leave to our children. Sports-related injuries, specifically knee and ankle, are documented as being more serious and long-lasting on artificial turf than regular grass. FIFA has banned artificial turf fields in the United States for the upcoming 2026 World Cup. The NFL Players Association is in direct opposition to turf over injuries sustained. Cities are having to pay millions of dollars to cover their artificial turf with real grass so the pro players will consent to play on them. Artificial turf has been banned in English soccer since 1995. David Beckham stated every game, every team should be on grass. No doubt about it. You can't ask any athlete to perform at a high level on field turf. In regards, well, I do believe that is my time. That's fine, you're, you're recognized, that's In fine. In regards to lighting, the Miami-Dade County Ordinance states that a permit may be issued only after consideration of the adjacent area and neighborhood. We have to question the scale of 12 70-foot high poles and their proximity to private residences here. Dante Facel has six poles well away from any private residence. Even with limited hours, the lighting will encroach on private yards, impede wildlife, raise the heat index along with the artificial turf, and negatively impact canopy growth. South Miami Park has been a quiet neighborhood park, sun up to sundown for 80 years. I do believe there is a charter in the city of South Miami that says there is to be no lighting in South Miami Park. I don't know if anybody knows anything about we, that. We actually have, a believe, a report later from the city attorney on that subject. So Very good. Thanks. May we sustainably restore the habitat, which a grant was just awarded for the state of Florida, Habit Restoration, $26.4 million from the state of Florida for habit restoration. May we sustainably restore the habitat of our rare, so rare, 10-acre gem that is South Miami Park. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Ms. Betsy, please, no clapping, please, during public remarks. We appreciate it, though. If you want to acknowledge your support, please just raise your hands. Thank you. Uh, Betsy Clemen, please. 
Good evening. Good evening. I have an ordinance that I'm talking about, but it doesn't have a number on it. Can I turn this into the city clerk to be recorded? You may, yes, please. Can we restart her can we restart her timer, please? Okay. Thank you. My name is Betsy Clements, and I have been a resident in South Miami for over 30 years. I am attending tonight's meeting because I have recently been informed by a door hanger that this council has stricken the amendment from a zoning ordinance that protected our rights to own boats and keep them at our homes. This new change disproportionately targets some of us because of our smaller lot sizes. I'm here tonight to ask that the wording in this ordinance be changed back to the way it was originally amended or further amend the ordinance so that it continues to protect the South Miami boat owners the way the council intended. In 2021, after about 10 years of commission meetings, a boat ordinance was finally amended and passed that was acceptable. The mayor and council made thoughtful compromises to resolve this complex issue. They allowed existing residents to be exempted who through no fault of their own could not get a boat into their side or backyard and meet setback requirements. We were allowed to keep our current boats in our driveways or side yards like always. We thought the boat issue would never have to be worried about again. Unfortunately, two years later, December 21st, boat owners found out their boats were now the ones that were granted the exemption. And this exemption only exists for the life of that boat. My small town community has now granted themselves control of my purchases. That sounds unbelievable. Lot sizes vary greatly in our neighborhood. The smaller lots have narrow side setbacks and lose more area because of the need to accommodate septic tanks and drain fields. This leaves extra space for boat parking at a minimum. It seems unreasonable that our rights were taken away so easily. I feel confident that you did not take all of this into consideration when you pass a new ordinance. Can this be revisited so that more care can be taken, into, taken to craft this ordinance which targets many of South Miami's residents? If you drive around our neighborhood, you see things are changing. There's a lot of new construction and remodeling, but it can't happen all at once. Progress takes time. I know. I'm patiently waiting on the completion of a promised sewer line project. Only then can I do a practical remodel. In four hours, I gathered 70 signatures from my neighbors, our neighbors, who feel this is unfair and that it only targets homeowners with smaller lots. They have signed my petition asking for rights to be returned to property owners, not the existing boats. The neighbors said a lot of other things as well. Let's just say government is not held in high esteem these days, and that's a shame because South Miami has always been known as a welcoming and close-knit community. Our hope is that you'll do the right thing and consider putting this hot-button boat issue back before council to find a solution that honors owners' rights so that we may continue to enjoy the way of life we moved here for so many years ago. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Calkins, please, you're recognized. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, my name
my name is Jay Calkins, <clears throat> and my wife and I have lived in uh, South Miami since 1995. Although my wife grew up in Coral Gables, we chose to buy in South Miami because we didn't want the restrictive zoning laws that Coral Gables forces on its residents. Very specifically, we have a boat, and we want to be able to park it in our side yard. We also want the option to sell our boat and buy another one if we choose. Mr. Calkins, can I ask you a question? Are, are you the impression that the ordinance precludes you from parking in your side yard? The yes. So just to clarify, for the benefit of everyone's here, because I think there's a lot of confusion, the ordinance that was passed allows for parking inside and rear yards. There are no applicable setbacks. Yeah, Ma'am, I followed up because I had Miss Clements came to my door and asked me this question, and I was troubled by that comment. So I just want to, for the benefit of everyone who's here, because I want to get to the facts, if the city attorney could clarify what the standards are, what is different in our ordinance from any other ordinance that existed anywhere else in Dade County, and which we did change, is that we had allowed for the liberal parking of boats in front yards. And what we did with the modification was allow folks who were owners to retain their boats for as long as they owned them in their front yards. If they sold it, changed their boat out, they'd have to comply with parking in the side of the rear yard. I think that is the effect of the ordinance. Mr. C. Attorney, if you can clarify, please, for the benefit of the audience. Sure, that's correct. The, the intent of the ordinance is that you park your boat further back from the frontmost wall of your, of your house. Right, the, the five feet is only when you're in the front yard. That's the only time not that that five feet. Yard. Not the side yard, Not sir, in no. the side yard. If you're in their side yard behind the front wall of your house, you are perfectly okay. You are allowed to have your boat. You don't have to even register your boat. It's only, the only time you would register your boat. Sorry, Mayor. Please, uh, no, go ahead. The only time you would, re you would have to register your boat or, or want to register your boat is if you're going to try to keep your boat in the front yard. That's, that's what the ordinance says. That's not, that's not the way we read it. Yeah, and just to clarify, again, because there was confusion, and I want to make sure it's, everyone understands what we're talking about, because I know some people are still upset with the modification that was approved. Um, the five-foot five setback rule that was in effect for front yards was already in place under the 2021 revision. So I, I, I just want to, so everyone's clear, the only modification that this current council made was to just grandfather the boats in the front yards under the existing rules. If those boats are sold, removed, then the owner would have to comply with parking it in their side yard or the rear yard, and there's no applicable setback. If Happy to have you continue your comments. I just wanted to put that out there for the record. All right, so, but I want, to, want you to know that there's not an extra five feet in my side yard there, between the next lot. And there's no, and you would ha not, you could park it in the full side yard, and if it was right up against the fence, it's not an issue. This is the same rule that exists in Miami-Dade County, where they have the same standard, Mr. City Attorney, correct me if I'm wrong, where, where boats are only allowed to be parked with no applicable setbacks in the side or rear yard. The, the setback that's referenced in the code was the existing one for front yards, which is a minimum of five feet from the property line, and the grandfathering and registration requirements were intended to protect existing boat owners so that over time, if someone sold a boat, uh, they would have to comply with the, with the uh, side or rear yard uh, storage requirements. If this is true, and you know, and I, and I don't have look, somebody I think, come over and, and start <laughs> citing me for where my boat is. We don't want been there 28 years. Yeah. two different boats. We don't want to, and we don't want to be in the business of citing neighbors and, and creating all sorts of unrest. So I think, if 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 everyone has these same concerns, what I might suggest is that we we, uh, we happy to hear everyone's comments and thoughts, uh, but we may just want to have a discussion item on this 
at a future meeting so it's on the agenda and we can clarify any concerns. But those are the rules as I understand them. After Ms. Glentz came to my house, I think it was December 22nd, after she got the registration notice, I inquired of the city attorney just to confirm that I had read the ordinance correctly because I was not intending to prejudice anyone's existing rights. So that is, that is where I believe the baseline rules. Please feel free to continue if you have any further thoughts. We'd love to hear them. Okay, that's a little setback on my setback. <laughs> uh, so, so I just want to say that, that we felt that there wasn't a lot of uh, input from us. You know, uh, you guys work for us. And we didn't feel like we, we ended up with a hanger on our, on our door uh, rather than having a public hearing like this where we could actually discuss what's going on. And, you know, as a resident for 28 years, I mean, I expect to have somebody come to me and ask for my opinion. I mean, quite clearly, we did not go to Coral Gables, even though my wife was born there, because of this issue. Um, and I just want to say that, you know, one of the, a couple of the things that were in the, uh, uh, the piece that I read was one of the things was that there's a, a problem with um, the way things look, the way boats look. And, you know, um, it says the, something that is questioning the aesthetics to the community of a boat if it's present in somebody's yard. Boats in Florida are as iconic as palm trees. I mean, th this is part of our culture. Um, why do you live in a place like this with Biscayne Bay right there and the Keys without having boats? So, you know, the aesthetics doesn't make any sense to me. And there's some pollution ideas in there that that didn't make any sense either. Cars sitting in a yard pollute a heck of a lot more than a boat. And the boat's motor is sealed much better than a car is. So there are just a number of things in there. So anyway, that's not the whole thing. I would like to have it clarified, though. Thank you for your comments. I, and again, we'll we'll get. I, I, I did not see the hangar because I don't have a boat. So and again, just to give you some the benefit of our thinking when we when we adopted the ordinance with the notification requirements and the registration period, we had heard there were concerns before. There weren't a lot of people who, who turned out to testify on the item. It was publicly noticed as, as any other ordinance change was. Uh, we added that as an extra step so that people would get advance notice and would not be prejudiced by not having followed or not being aware of the typical process here. So. That's why the hangers were, were distributed for that reason, as a way to just make sure people were aware of the change that was forthcoming and could come into compliance and not be prejudiced. Okay, I just okay. want to say that it was kind of a slap in the face for all of us. You know, Mayor? Yes, go ahead, sir. You know, one of the questions I have for you guys is, we, we're, we're really trying, I know government sometimes is very boring and people don't really care or just not interested and that's fair. I think one of the things that we're trying to do as a commission is really do a better job of communicating with you and the rest of the, our neighbors. Um, and whether it's a hanger, which is the best probably sometimes because it's more direct, but we really want the public to be more aware of what we're doing. We had this conversation before, no one showed up. We really want you guys we to had be it here. three years ago and we thought we all were here before. No, it's, it's fair, I, I've been here one year up here. So yeah. like I'm trying, we're trying to do better, right? So all I'm saying is we want to communicate better with you guys. So what you guys can do to help us out is communicate with our team, our city manager and staff on figuring out what's the best way to get to you guys. So you understand some of the changes, some of the things that we're trying to do. So you can come give, give us the feedback in this public forum. Okay. So I'd really greatly appreciate that. Okay, next on the list, Mr. Ward. Good Mayor, evening. Mayor, can I clarify yes. just one thing? Yes, sir. That this ordinance was publicly noticed and there were public hearings. There was a public hearing before the planning board and there was a public hearing before this commission. Uh, there were two readings before this commission. I just want to be clear about the process. 
as with any other ordinance. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mr. Ward, good evening. You know, I'm so glad to see so many residents here tonight because I know you remember that I've said sooner or later, you all are gonna motivate them to come out and you certainly have tonight. And I really <laughs> was glad to hear the young lady talk about South Miami Park. I was chair of the recreation committee when we purchased that park. And the only big discussion that we had was filling the swimming pool. That was about the only thing that was controversial other than they were a little slow on improving it to be any kind of a park. And it's still not up to date as to where the park should be. Mm -hmm. The park has got all the potential in the world. And I hope you will take it upon yourselves to do to this park the same way you've done to Fuchs Park in the past year. And it is really uh, a park that can be made to be one of the most popular places in the county. I was glad to hear she said no uh, artificial grass. That stuff is ridiculous. Another thing is that we've had a case here recently, nothing important to the degree of what you all may think. You were elected by the residents of this city to represent them. And you're doing a good job of it, except in one area. And if you think being on that Zoom is gonna please the how, how do you think these people would feel tonight if they came here and you were on that Zoom and uh, uh, Lieberman on the other Zoom? It, it's ridiculous. You you should be here to face these people. They were you were elected to come here and be part of the city and be there to represent the city and let them know that you're interested in them and what they want to see this city accomplish. Um, I had one other thing, but I've forgotten it. I'll get it in a minute. Senility gets to you eventually. Well, anyway, I'm very glad to see these people come out tonight because and I hope they will keep coming and keep you on the mall because they're the ones that can do it. And you're doing a good job. You, oh, I know what the other thing was. Those, those, those honors that you presented tonight were wonderful, the plaques and all of this. You know, you better plan sometime later this year because old Liebman's leaving us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ward. Uh, Andres Cedron, please come forward. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Andres Cedron. I live at 5757 Southwest 49th Street in South Miami. I've been a South Miami resident for about 11 years. Um, so I'm coming to you to represent us residents of South Miami in a particular matter that pertains to Miami-Dade County. So there is a zoning application called the Garcia Carrillo 56th Street Revocable Trust. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to upzone acre parcels that would result in the opening of 60th place, which are currently a bunch of cul-de-sacs. If you go on like 56th Street and then 57th Avenue, there's, uh, there's a neighborhood called Biltmore Heights, which is sort of a mix of unincorporated Miami-Dade County and South Miami. And it's a beautiful area. It has tons of trees. The canopy is beautiful. 
Uh, it's quiet. It doesn't have the traffic of 62nd Avenue. It doesn't have the traffic of 57th Avenue because there's a bunch of closures between Southwest 56th Street and, uh, and the rest of the, the blocks. So what they're trying to do um, is basically upzone the acre and open up 60th Place, which will also give way for the opening of other avenues, creating more thoroughfares like 62nd Avenue. Now, I think that'll have tremendously negative impact on our community as South Miami residents. Um, basically, it will increase traffic, uh, which we already have because there's been a number of um, higher density developments in the area in the past couple of years. Um, it will decrease safety for pedestrian and walkers. I taught my two girls how to ride their bikes in that area because I live close to 57th Avenue and there's a ton of traffic to cut across 49th Street to avoid the light at Blue Road and Red Road. Uh, and so we go to that area because it's quiet and nice. And we just had a block party last uh, Saturday, I think it was, and it was wonderful. Uh, everyone was there and people are truly, yeah. well, that's awesome. People really are opposed to changing the character of our neighborhood. Now, people are already cutting and speeding through the neighborhood. Uh, we don't feel that the county has adequately investigated the impacts of the zoning change. Initially, that uh, zoning appeals board denied the, um, the application uh, four to one, but they have now appealed to the full county commission, even though the zoning appeals, the community zoning appeals board gave them a chance to provide more information. They chose not to. They chose to go ahead and appeal to the full county commission. So the county commission is going to have a hearing on this. It was originally scheduled for January 24th, but it has now changed to an unidentified or unspecified date in, in March, as I understand. So, you know, our quality of life will be affected if this changes. Uh, it, it will definitely increase traffic. It will not provide for the same opportunities to walk around, to exercise, to basically have a quiet area. And what I'm doing here today is just respectfully requesting that my elected officials here in South Miami make a statement to the Miami-Dade County Commission, because this will impact your residents as well in this mixture of Miami-Dade County and South Miami. Um, and I would ask that you please convey your concerns that your constituents will be unduly impacted by this change and ask them to again deny the application like the Community Zoning uh, Appeals Board did, or at the very least delay it until they have more information and details about how is this gonna affect all of us in terms of increased traffic and, uh, and wide ranging long-term impacts to our community. So thank you. Thank you, I think uh, the Vice Mayor would like to be recognized. I, thank Go you. Ahead. There's just one thing I think that's worth noting is that this is a multiple acre property. And when the, our resident is discussing opening a street, it's not opening a street that was closed because, oh, we don't want to cut through traffic or anything. It is a street that has never existed. This has been a multi-acre property always. And what they're requesting is that we essentially, you know, through their private property, connect a street that historically has not been connected for their comfort. Yeah, I, so I, that, I, that's a big deal. I've heard a few different comments about this. We haven't discussed it. I think we could have to take it up as a board. We've not had a chance to discuss it, but my understanding is that the applicant wants to keep the street closed. I don't know if that's true or if you've heard the same thing, but the county public works department is requiring them to connect the grid north. So I, I, I don't know what the facts I, are on that, I, but that's my understanding you. of the facts. Fortunately and unfortunately, my mother-in-law lives right, like right there. So I have probably more information than I ever That's should. That's a good okay. thing. Yeah, some days, <laughs> some days. 
So um, just, just to ask this question so we don't get bogged down the long conversation, um, if we were to bring this back as a discussion item on February 6th, that would still be timely for purposes of commenting to the county? Yes, because okay. they won't have a meeting now until March. Okay. okay. So, yeah, Mr. Can, I was going to add to that. So I'm, I'm your neighbor, by the way. I'm one street over. Uh, I'm on 57, 58th and 50th Street. So the community is very united there against more so the street, uh, not so much, in my opinion, for the rezoning of how many properties he can do on his lot. But that cut through street's a big deal for that community. They're 95% united from 57th Avenue to 62nd Avenue, from 48th Street to Miller. So uh, it's a big deal for the community, and we should definitely hear it. So should we bring a resolution back? Yeah. Okay, so we if we can. That was, no, was going to be part of my discussion. If there's no objection, uh, Mr. Manager, we can prepare a resolution for the next meeting to comment uh, in opposition to the street opening or to the rezoning generally? What's your preference? Well, we'll do it in general. Then okay. My preference would be in general. Okay. Yeah. And then we can, we can work the language from there. Yeah, okay. Because I, I tell you that the whole opening of the street is because they want to pack that area with so many houses that one exit wouldn't make any sense. Okay. Let's bring back a resolution if we can for the February 6th agenda and we can discuss it with the full information. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you for your you comments. Uh, Ms. Anna Rivero, please. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Anna Rivero. I live in 5761 Southwest 82nd Street. I've been living in the city of South Miami for five years. We get moved around almost every five years, and this is the first time they haven't moved us, and we hope it stays like this. Um, I am here to ask about the noise from two different sources that I am getting on my street. Um, I have five immediate neighbors surrounding my house plus three across. Those are just the direct neighbors. From them, I get direct leaf blowing noises every single day of the week, sometimes two times a day. It's becoming really difficult to be out. I work from home. To be outside, enjoy the backyard, or just go for a walk, it's all day long leaf blowing everywhere you are in the area. Aside from that, oh, that, start, that is starting at 7.15. 7.30 in the morning. Just to, just, to, just to ask staff, we modified that to 8 a.m., is that correct? 8 a.m. Madam City Attorney? Okay, so if you, do get, if you do get someone starting before 8 a.m., please uh, notify us so we can dispatch code enforcement mm -hmm. because that's in violation of our ordinance. They should not be starting before 8 a.m. Okay. 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 Um, aside from that or added to that, I have had construction to the right of my house for a year and a half or a year, three months, to the left of my house for 10 months, and now the house behind and across, it's starting to be built. So this is including noise on Saturdays where I cannot just go outside, sit in my backyard, be in the pool and have people over, be with my kids. It's constant noise all the time around the whole city. So I just, um, you know, sometimes on Saturdays, they even start at seven in the morning again, 7.15. Even if it was at 12 or 11, I think it's a beautiful city. We do have the right to live it, to enjoy it, to preserve the feel of a small city close to the big city. So this is, this is why I'm here today to see what could be done. In the house behind, in the street behind me, that they're tearing down, there's no, um, there usually has to be a notice for when they're tearing down. So you're, is it, you're, on, you're talking about the house on 81st Street? Between That's 81st Street. 57th I and 58th? second, but that okay. I can hear all of that, yes. Okay. There is no, um, the oak trees have no surrounding, they usually put these little fences around the oak trees. 
there is a wall there, they've been tearing down, there's no notice of anything. It's like nobody knows who to call, nothing. So um, construction is not really being regulated in the area in terms of noise and code. Thank you for your comments. I, I just so you are aware, I'm almost now in daily dialogue with the Jimenezes, the oh. people that live behind you yeah. and across the street from that owner. And we've been trying to, uh, I, I know our development services director who was here earlier has been bird dogging that situation. I apologize. They, they have been not very, not very responsible stewards of the right of way. Mm -hmm. So but we are on it. And uh, we'll have some discussion today about, um, I certainly might ask the manager for the next meeting to bring back some ideas about restoration bonds mm -hmm. for the rights of way. Because we're seeing in our neighborhood that people are parking on medians and the swales and tearing them up and not necessarily repairing them once they're done with the work. So there's a lot of discussion to be had around construction. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Okay, Mr. Lee Jacobs. Good evening, sir. Lee Jacobs, 6860 Southwest 77th Terrace. I was on the uh, planning board for six years and I know all of you and have spoken with you and I know you're all reasonable people, and uh, I'm s I wanted to know why you're doing what you're doing, and I'm gonna list these things. Well, I'm not gonna talk about the lack of effort that you showed with George Perez taking over the farmland of the Marshalls Williamson's, that's a PPP project, and you, you didn't uh, try to, we put an effort in to get jobs for the people. They got very few jobs, less than what he was supposed to do, and he got away with it. And not your fault, but the county and you should work together and don't let that happen again because he's gonna work with us again. I'm not gonna talk about all the work you're doing for the new owners of Chops' Sunset Place so that they can build their 30 stories without facing the public. You're doing it behind the scenes in pieces. Here's what one thing that really bothered me. I came to a meeting on the 3rd of December of October that was about 67th and Sunset, the Baptist project. I was curious to see how they planned for development and the traffic impact it'll have. When they were ready to present, the city attorney said, I have to ask this, has any of you met with the, the lobbyist? And the commissioners directed their gaze at the floor. Only one of them, had the nerve to say, yes, I, took with I talked with them this morning. And then the al others also chimed in, yes, we talked with them. I took that to mean that there was a meeting of all of them. So I called the mayor and the attorney and asked, you know, didn't get a call back. So I went to see the uh, uh, city clerk and asked for a records request to see that meeting. She explained that the commissioners meet one-on-one -on -one with the lobbyist in the morning. And I asked if there was anyone to enforce the rules. She said, no, there were no records of gifts of these meetings. So as the meeting went on, the mayor and the Baptist lobbyist had a detailed discussion one-on-one -on -one about what was agreed to by both parties and in their renewed their vows of mutual trust. Another commissioner reminded the lobbyist of their private conversation and also agreed to fulfill all the promises they made to each other in their meeting. Two commissioners said they were ready to vote. The mayor said to the lobbyist, 
I'm sure you have an excellent slide presentation, but I think we don't need to see them. We're ready to vote. So there was no presentation to the public of what's gonna happen there. Uh, don't you realize that you discourage participation by that? How do, how do people get communication in? And the next thing is the destruction of city hall property is under a cloud of smoky silence. Your plans are pretty far down the road before anyone notices what you're doing. Have you spoken to the public about it? I saw the proposal in the count to the county to allow the library to be demolished. I saw the list of lobbyists interested in our public property. I saw the proposed wording of the vote where you demand in March that we vote on, do we want to lease it for 50 years or 100 years? That's a trick. What if we don't want to lease it at all? There's no option for no lease. It's just you saying we're gonna lease it. Is that true? No. Okay, wait. Uh, why not wait until November? Explain the rush of all this. How will the hurry up benefit the people who care about our city hall? Give people information about what your plans are for the property and let citizens participate. Last time they came up with a big bonanza booklet of it, of what was wrong with it, what was gonna happen. And it didn't occur because it was a smoky deal and now you're bringing it back before we tried to sell it, now we're trying to lease it. I think people should know you want us to vote like that and that's no time. March, why are you doing so that? So I'm, I'm happy to, if you, if, just okay. to give you some quick responses on the on the related Sony Park deal. I, unfortunately, that happened well before I was on this dais and I do share your concerns about the fact that there had not been, there were no employment requirements built into that contract with the county. Mm -hmm. So we are, frankly, very limited in what we can do to require them to do anything. And I know that Mr. McCants and others have been working very hard yeah. to find some opportunities for folks in the neighborhood and have had some some success in that regard. He would probably know better than I just how many people have been employed. On Sunset Place, um, I just want everyone to understand there's nothing untoward or secretive happening. We had a modification to the zoning regulations. That's gonna require them to bring their full project back for a public hearing for their site plan to be approved. We don't know the timing of that because it's in the developer's court to bring forward a project at this time. So hopefully in the next few months, they'll have something for all of us to consider, planning board and this council. Uh, you mentioned um, the Baptist uh, Rehabilitation Facility, which yeah. was on the agenda tonight as item six. Uh, I met with them, I can get you the date. Uh, we are allowed to meet with applicants so long as we disclose that communication, which I did that day. Yeah. And, uh, and what I asked for in that communication was for them to enhance the design on 62nd Avenue, which I thought was woefully inadequate. I was not happy with the architecture of the building, particularly the lining of the garage, mm -hmm. nor was I happy with the Western treatment because there is an apartment building that was facing their loading dock. It was not screened. It was outdoors. I wanted to make sure that it was fully screened and enclosed so folks wouldn't have to withstand the noise and the visual blight of having a loading dock facing their apartment. So, those were the things I asked them to address mm -hmm. and what I asked them to reaffirm on the record, speaking for myself. And then with respect to City Hall, um, frankly, so the only thing that's happened to date is a, a negotiation I've led with the county to try to help us take control of this entire campus. My vision, my desire, my ambition would be to actually create more park space on the underline so that Gene Willis Park can be reconstituted and more heavily utilized and complement that public amenity. 
that we could actually get a new library that my kids use, which is woefully inadequate for what we have today by today's standards, something on par with Pinecrest has. You said you want to create more park space on the underline? Yes, adjacent to it. So Because right now we have a beautiful park, but it's, it's the best kept secret in, in South Miami. No one knows that it's there. It's, it's re relatively underutilized. It's surrounded by a parking lot in the west and another parking lot in the south and a gas station in the north yeah. or northwest. So my, we, my hope was that we could create a public space that would kind of anchor the civic center. And the reason there's a ballot question on, on the March ballot is because we're trying to move these things forward quickly. The only thing the March ballot question would do, and we're going to have an outreach campaign, and I'm going to be going door to door talking to people about it, would be to allow us to, in lieu of having to sell it, which would be the only disposition option that's viable in today's financial markets, would be an opportunity to uh, do a long-term lease of up to 99 years so that we don't get rid of a public access and we, a public asset and we retain control of it. Mm -hmm. That's my purpose for putting that on the ballot. But when we vote, we'll just be voting. Do you want to vote to lease it for 50 years? No, sir. There's no, there will be no lease authorization. It's just a, a modifying the charter to allow this commission to consider a lease of that term. That's with respect to that property only. We did not ask for blanket authority on city property generally. We understand the importance of this campus and wanted to keep the, the issue narrow for that reason. But we can talk more about it offline. My cell phone's on the city's website. You can call me there anytime, okay? Currently, the charter allows only for 50-year leases, sir. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Mr. Cleland, you're recognized. Hi, my name's Noel Cleland, and I'm here for my residence at 5994 South Miss 50th Street. And I was just going to follow up with what Andres was talking about, the zoning hearing. I don't need to repeat it all. He, he did a good job of explaining. I just wanted to point out a couple of things. First of all, there's always silver lining in a cloud, right? Silver lining is this proposal has brought our neighborhood together. I've got to meet a lot of great people that are truly coming together to oppose this, this project. Not because we're opposed to somebody developing their property, but just because what it's going to do to the neighborhood. Um, you know, we have, we have a, a neighborhood that there's not a lot of sidewalks in the neighborhood, and that's perfectly okay because it's very walkable because there's not a lot of traffic. Last year I had 300 uh, trick-or-treaters come to my house, and I, I loved it, but they, people come from all over because it's very walkable. <laughs> and it doesn't take very many changes in traffic patterns to completely change that, and that is what has, has the residents very concerned. And so. I look at this as a safety issue as much as anything else, and I encourage you all, if you can, to, to work on a resolution to let the county know that this is not what we think of for our property. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your comments. Uh, and lastly, Catherine Garrido on South Miami Park. Hi, good evening. Good evening. Catherine Garrido, uh, South Miami residents. Uh, with me. I have my son Sebastian and I have Luca. I'm here to support South Miami Park and I promise to everybody in this room I love the green spaces. That's why we choose to live in South Miami. This park doesn't really have very much grass anymore and I can attest that by the state of my son's knees and his kit when he comes home from practice. There is soil. It's hard. There are rocks. It's dangerous. If we are going to invest, I work for a sports school based at Inter Miami. If we are going to invest and we're going to have people to cut the grass and take care of it 24 hours a day, the way they do at the Inter Miami facilities, absolutely put some wonderful grass down. 
I returned on Sunday from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim, California, where we were learning more about the turf that's available, that's more environmentally friendly. I do have some options that I can bring to the table. What I want is that this is my third time, I think, in front of you, potentially, maybe four. I've attended meetings here supporting South Miami Park. The next time we come to this meeting, I'll bring 10 boys and girls, and then 20, and then 30, and they can explain to you what it's like to play in the soil and the dirt. It is not grass. The lights that are there currently are generators. There are fumes coming out. They are noisy. There are lights there already. We just want nice lights that provide the adequate lighting for these boys to, and girls to play safely. My father was visiting from England and fell in that park when the lights went off at 8 o'clock, when he tripped over one of the little pathways. It's dangerous to not have lighting. I agree. I want this to look pretty. I want this to look nice. Boys, I don't know if you want to just comment on how you feel it is to play. Oh. Uh, well, well, Your name and address for the record. I'm sorry. Oh, Thank um, you. Sebastian Garrido. Thank you. 6970 Southwest 64th Avenue. When we play at this park, when I first joined, it was it's impossible to kick the ball without it bouncing at least two feet in the air. Me and my friends always decide to go to Flagler Grove in Pinecrest instead because it's artificial, it's nice to play on. And when it became artificial, everyone started going there to play lacrosse, all sorts of sports, not just soccer. And it just makes it a lot nicer to play on and run on. And if you maintain it well, it'll be, it'll be nice. Thank you. So all I ask is that we think about the future. I don't want to, us to waste any more time in thinking about this. This is three years that these, boy, these boys and girls have been playing in soil and dirt and getting injured. That's also a, a, a real problem for us. We need to act and do something sooner rather than later. Um, and so I really hope, and I promise I support green space. I really, really do. But I don't support these children being injured. And if we want something that's going to stand the test of time, I really believe either we look at good turf options and that we get good lighting and that we make the park look useful for all of the different sports that we can bring then. And if not, I'll have to continue driving these children to Pinecrest. Thank you for your comments. Thank you very much. Okay, Madam Clerk, uh, I don't believe there's anyone else signed up for public comments. Is no. there anyone else? Madam Ms. Reed, anything? Please, go right ahead. First of all, I would like to apologize to Vice Mayor Bonish because I didn't recognize you. Probably didn't recognize it, but it came to me like I'm like I said, all these people, and I didn't say you and the other people that were on the um, diet. So I apologize for that. Also, I just like to thank all of you that were there on Monday for the MLK breakfast. You all did a fantastic job. We enjoyed it, and we thank you all for what you did and for recognizing. My Dr. Anna Price and also Dr. Joyce Price have, that have been just tremendous in this neighborhood. We just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the public who'd like to come up and speak? Yes, sir. Please come to the podium. Sorry, I didn't know we had a story. Your name on the list for free. It's okay. Uh, my name is Victor Mendoza. I actually live in Coral Gables, but I was born in South Miami Hospital and raised in South Miami. I'll get back to that in a minute. I grew up going to the old YMCA where South Miami Park is. 
I played soccer there. I mean, I learned to play soccer there. And I also played back in the day. They had a hangar that had basketball. a basketball court. <laughs> Jumped the fence and played basketball there. <laughs> played in South Miami Quarry League my entire life. Back in Sunset Elementary when they had baseball fields there and the eight-foot rims that you could dunk. <laughs> um, it was only till recently that I realized that I did not grow up in South Miami because I grew up in unincorporated Miami-Dade because South Miami Park is all surrounded by unincorporated Miami-Dade. Um, literally and figuratively, the changes you guys are proposing to the park will be a life changer and a game changer. Game changer, just like those two boys spoke. My kids go there now. I'm not even sure they're going to be able to benefit by the time this park is done, hopefully they will. If not, my grandkids hopefully will. Um, and Game Changer, like they said, it's not grass, it's dirt. The ball bounces every time. There is no park or facility in Miami-Dade County that would rival that. It would be the crown jewel of the park system in Miami-Dade. If you build it, they will come. Life Changer, if you're married and you gotta drive an hour each way on the Palmetto to go to Three Lake Park, Kendall Soccer Park, Pinecrest, Metro Zoo. It literally breaks up families when you have a, a park right there that could serve hundreds and hundreds of kids. It will make a world of difference. Um, that's all. Thank you for your comments. We appreciate right, it. Thank you. Anyone else? Please come forward. Good evening, Mayor, members. Uh, Jennifer Rojas Suarez with Renew Financial, one of the PACE providers that operates here in, in Florida. I just wanted to say thank you for bringing the item, item five. Uh, I'm here in support of that item, and that will bring more uh, additional PACE providers to operate in the city of South Miami, which we support fully support competition, and that's exactly what this item will do. So we are fully in support of it and just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for being here. Anyone else? Mr. McCants? Okay, no problem. Okay, seeing no one else. And I uh, have a letter. You do? Okay, seeing no one else in the audience, uh, Madam Clerk, you have a letter. Is there anyone online who'd like to speak? There's no one online. No one online? Okay. Um, good afternoon to all. Happy New Year. Wishing all a healthy and productive year. I am Stephanie. Richard, a Miami-Dade resident at 5925 Southwest 44th Terrace, Miami, Florida 31155. The South Park at 4300 Southwest 58th Avenue is right in my backyard. I was alerted by a concerned neighbor this past Wednesday, January 10, 2024, of a meeting at the park regarding plans to open things up. I am still pinching myself and remain shocked at the ambiguous com commercial plans that South Miami seems to have concocted for a small, such a small green space that we all have learned to appreciate and enjoy. I cannot fathom that such commercial plans have been drawn with no warning to those of us whose properties abut the park and seem to not take into consideration the safety, peace, and quiet that have been the attraction of our neighborhood. The park manager made reference to a survey done by city staff that none of us, the homeowners around the park, were invited to participate in. I cringe at the idea of a 12-inch high light poles and bleachers in the park furthering infringing on my privacy and preventing me from enjoying my backyard. It's already been hard to avoid being outdoors from 5 p.m. until 8 p.m. when all the activities cease on the field. I cannot imagine lights staying on until 9.30 p.m. as alluded by Quentin, the city's Parks and Recreation de Department Manager. I urge you to, 
to reconsider and cease all construction plans until we, the concerned neighbors around the park and beyond, have had a chance to evaluate and review our rights as per Miami-Dade County Zoning Code. This has been an ongoing struggle for me since moving to my home 20 years ago. It feels like every five years or so, some crazy project is elaborated with complete disregard of the neighbors. My wish is that the park could remain a green, healthy space for humans and for some of the wildlife living there. It is hard to envision the commercialization of the park for the benefit of a few. Some do not live in our neighborhood or, or in South Miami when kids in the block are playing basketball in the streets for lack of another safe alternative. Please keep it green and healthy for all so we truly enjoy a pleasant living at South Miami in our corporate Miami-Dade residence. I Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, again, anyone online? No. Seeing no one, then we'll close public remarks. Uh, Mr. Manager, if you can Thank please give us your report. Thank you. What did you want to say? Sorry, quickly, with all respect to the manager, I know we took another item. Yeah. Can we take item two quickly? If sure. Um, yes, item two. Uh, is that a public hearing item? No, it's not. Correct? No, it's no, not. It's, it's not. a resolution. Okay. So if you can read item two for the record, please. Yes, item Thank two. You. A resolution of the City Commission of the City of South Thank Miami approving an agreement with Avalon Sony LLC regarding enhanced right-of-way improvements within 73rd Street between Southwest 59th Avenue and Southwest 58th Court, authorizing the City Manager to negotiate and execute the agreement. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, Mr. Manager, Mr. City Attorney, do you want to give a quick overview of any of the changes? Sure, sure, um, Mr. Mayor and uh, Commissioners. You all should have received, I believe, uh, uh, Ms. Payne uh, circulated a revision to the one that is in your pa uh, packet. This is a revised agreement, makes some, some minor changes to it. Um, but the, the essential concept is these are the right-of-way right improvements on the north side of uh, 73rd Street, uh, adjacent to the Avalon Bay project. Exactly. Uh, and, and just to the, to the west of that. Um, there's a number of moving parts with that, county approvals that are necessary. City approvals, there's also, you, you're going to see uh, in the future, uh, we're going to be filing a maintenance map for that portion of the right-of-way. Um, and I'll explain to you what that is when the time comes. Uh, but e essentially, this is all in favor of trying to enhance that, that right-of-way. Um, it is the, the, art, the art in public places fee that was, that was uh, adopted has a component that has to do with placemaking. So that's where the funds from this are coming. However, the uh, developer is front uh, I guess uh, taking on that obligation up front, um, they're not technically uh, due to to pay that fee or provide the art until certificate of occupancy, according to their, their development agreement. Uh, they will be moving forward before that uh, on that end and spending money in to advance this cause. Um, and we're going to see if it's, uh, you know, they're going to prepare the plans to submit to the county, and we're going to get to a point in the, in the the not so near not so far future, where we can we're in a position to do a feasibility analysis of, of what's there and what what can be done and what can't be done okay. uh, for for the value. So for the benefit of the public that's here, if you're familiar with the redevelopment of the um, Wind Dixie parcel and those watching online, there's a project that's being constructed. We'd ask the, the developer to work with us to improve the north side of the street uh, along Casa Cuba, that segment uh, along that frontage which doesn't work very well. It's dangerous to drive through it because of the angle parking. So we want to widen the sidewalks, make that a much more hospitable walking environment, improve traffic circulation. They've been kind enough to cooperate with us, are going to undertake leading the design and construction of that right-of-way enhancement pursuant to this agreement and its terms. 
the object is to get a better street segment for all of us to enjoy that part of the town center. So that's the backdrop. Just want to clarify because we're getting to the technicalities, and I, I sure would be lost without the back without the background. So, um, council for for the developer. Good evening. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of the commission. Jeffrey Bass is my name. It gives me great pleasure to say my address is fifteen fifteen Sunset because we have moved um, after thirty years of being downtown. This is the first public hearing that I'm handling. Um, having launched our own new law firm. Congratulations. So, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure uh, to be here and feel the spirit um, that this commission brings um, to the public service. I want to thank you all for your commitment and the sacrifices each of you makes uh, to make this city just so unbelievably special. The decisions you face um, throughout the night may be difficult. This one is not. And that's in large part to the great work of your city attorney and your city manager, helping put together a great document that on the one hand recognizes the, de the degree of difficulty um, in executing construction in unknown conditions and balancing a fair and equitable way for us to help you and continue to partner with you while we're already mobilized out there building our project. So the agreement has been reviewed and approved by my client and me, and we thank you all for the resources you've dedicated to making this a reality. We thank you for your work and the member adoration comments that you made there. Uh, any, any, anything else we need to highlight by way of changes? Colleagues, any questions? I, I just want to say, yes, um, this is just not a only a beautification project. It's also a public safety uh, project. It, it will also allow for better uh, traffic flow. And uh, all this expense is being taken up by, the, um, by our partner who's been investing in the city. Um, in addition to taking this on, they also agreed to front load pay these expenses up front. And you know, I just want to say, I, this, none of this would be possible. There would be no um, beautification impact fee, no art and public places impact fee, no uh, placemaking impact fee had, and that brought this to commission three times, a previous commission to pass, which allows for this and, uh, and, and then some, so. Thank you, and thank you for, to our partners for advancing hopefully these needed improvements. We're looking forward to the day when they get done. And what this also allows is, is one-time construction as opposed to multiple, which just creates greater inconveniences for our residents and visitors to our city. Yeah. Mayor, if, if I may, just one more thing. Yes, sir. For those who criticize government for lacking creativity and lacking collaboration, this is proof positive that this government thinks pragmatically, takes into account the public sector, is creative, and looks for opportunities um, for win-wins, because that's what this agreement is. So thank you. For thank you. Thank you. More member adoration. Thank you. Uh, any further questions or comments? Does that okay. count as member? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it does. Yes. Okay, with that, um, Madam, yeah, Madam Vice Mayor, please. I'm, I'm just happy that I, I get a sidewalk that I could actually walk down without getting hit by a car. You meant to that? Again. Okay. Seeing no further comments, uh, is there a motion to adopt item two on today's agenda? I move the item. Great. Is there a second? I'll second. So we have a, a motion by Commissioner Liebman, a second by the Vice Mayor. Madam Clerk, if you could call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Lehman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonin. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes five. Thank minutes. you very much. Is there anyone else in the audience who's here on a specific item? If you could just raise your hand. Anyone here on a specific item so we can take it out of sequence and help you get on with your evening? Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. So we'll get back to regular order. Um, is there a motion on the consent? Madam Clerk, if you could. Actually, let's go ahead and take the report. So, Mr. Manager, if you can give your report, please. My apologies. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Uh, our report is going to be twofold. Um, 
Chief Hatfield will uh, do the first part. Uh, I shared a memo uh, a little bit earlier regarding uh, request for information. Uh, Mayor, uh, you've talked about uh, wanting the chief to, to get here and, and, and on board and, and analyze a little bit uh, our uh, possibilities for retention and recruitment. And so there's some initial observations that have been shared via memo. You'll see that later tonight. I know you're going to go home and read it. Um, <laughs> but he, he's going to give you a little bit of a snapshot of that memo. Uh, and the second part of the presentation will be our deputy manager uh, to talk about communication and marketing. Thank you. Chief, you're recognized. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor, Vice Mayor, uh, Commission. Um, kind of the current situation is uh, your South Miami Police Department has an authorized strength of 51 uh, sworn personnel. The total current vacancies are five. That's one assistant chief and uh, four officers. Additionally, two officers are scheduled to retire in the drop program uh, by September of 2024. The police department is currently facing staffing challenges that ne necessitate innovative measures to attract and retain uh, qualified personnel. Uh, and I'm proposing a few uh, strategies uh, that would come before you in the way of a resolution in a future um, commission meeting. One of the strategies uh, is to create a police officer trainee classification, uh, classification allowing for salaries, benefits, and the payment of police academy costs not to exceed $8,000. The city manager would thus be empowered to recoup these costs from the employee at a monthly prorated rate uh, should the employee voluntarily resign or be terminated prior to serving two years beyond the anniversary of the employee's probationary period. So essentially we'd have that individual for almost three years before uh, payment would be fully uh, encumbered by them. And then a second proposal uh, would be to approve uh, reimbursement payment of police academy costs. As you know, some of our uh, officers have already paid their way through the police academy uh, and self-sponsored. And again, not to exceed $8,000 and that includes uniforms, manuals, and so forth to get them through that. And then uh, reimbursement again to occur after <coughs> successful completion of their state uh, exam, field training program, one year probation, and upon submission of payment of proof uh, on their behalf uh, for their uh, cost to the police academy. Developing strategies, uh, social media. Right now we're looking at uh, social media, 30 second vi video vignettes to capture a day in the life of a South Miami police officer who we are, our impact, what it takes, and the youth of South Miami. We have also are developing a strategy working with the University of Miami Cinematic Arts to produce recruiting videos highlighting the nobility and virtues of policing uh, with an emphasis on inclusion and diversity. Enhancing our department's website for readability and ease of use. Uh, we'll be joined with our marketing folks to help us with that and um, reviewing alternatives other than the current eight-hour shift. We're also participating uh, in the Evergreen Market Survey comparisons, and we will be looking for potential uh, development of reimbursement of moving costs for newly hired officers from out of state. We're also reviewing uh, through the pension program, uh, pension buyback of prior law enforcement while accepting certified and lateral officers in state and out of state, and then streamlining our hiring process. And then lastly, in the development stage would be the creation of our city and uh, South Miami PD brand. So what strategies have we implemented? Thus far, we've created a recruitment flyer uh, that has been updated. We have uh, re-advertised uh, on our city website. Uh, myself and our recruiter have addressed the Miami-Dade College basic law enforcement classes. Uh, myself uh, reviewed uh, 
having uh, applicant reviews to my level uh, prior to disqualifying any applicant in, in a process. <coughs> and then our hiring announcement was placed on the Florida Police Chiefs Association's job portal. And we have enhanced the use of our social media platforms for position announcements and good news stories, as well as just on our personal LinkedIn accounts. The uh, South Miami uh, PD automatic disqualifiers now mirror the Florida Department of Law Enforcement uh, disqualifiers so that we're not more restrictive than what the state is requiring. And then we're taking, finally, just taking a holistic review of all candidates versus automatically disqualifying for one uh, section of the process. So we take the whole applicant package before we uh, disqualify an individual. So, so here's what our successes are. Uh, in the past two months since implementing these, uh, the aforementioned strategies, the South Miami Police Department successfully hired two certified and one lateral officer, one of which was the president of his DLE class. A fourth lateral officer with prior uh, SMPD experience uh, is near the end of the process and likely to return after the first year. The hiring of these three officers uh, has reduced our vacancy rate by approximately 38% in the last two months. So to further enhance our implemented strategies, I'm respectfully requesting South Miami Commission to consider the proposed strategies that I've presented uh, in the form of a future resolution uh, and implementing the, the proposed initiatives or incentives effectively and furthering developing strategies towards a future proposal will ensure that the South Miami Police Department stays competitive among other agencies our size. Colleagues, any questions? Madam Vice Mayor, please. I really like the idea of looking at the whole package versus disqualifying someone based on one item like a parking ticket, a car crash, speeding ticket, because I'm like, who when they're 17 years old hasn't sped or gotten a ticket? I mean, well, I'm not gonna talk for all of you. But um, so we have to, I think looking at a person holistically is probably the smartest thing we can do. Um, with regards to the diversity, equity, and inclusion part of that, I actually just read an article about an airline that is doing that with their pilots, and that is really, really scary to me because I don't, want diversity, equity, and inclusion at the cost of professionalism, common sense, the things we look for right now. I think when you look at our police department, can we always do better? Yes. Are we doing well for the size that we are? Also yes. So I would make that a back burner item versus a priority simply because I want the best. I don't care what that person looks like. I want them. Okay. And I think the, the ideas that you have are really good, especially because I've been bugging Chip for money, right, Chip? Money, money. Commissioner Lehman? Sure. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, separate but related, uh, Chief. I believe this may be your first time in front of us presenting, and and I just wanted to take this time to give you some feedback, both feedback from from the community, that's right, stakeholders, as well as residents. But Get ready, Chief. Get ready. But <laughs> I got my vest on. But, <laughs> But most importantly, from our police department, I've, I've received nothing but uh, positive feedback. And I pre really appreciate how well you've just acclimated to this community. And um, you just haven't been there that long. And already you've assumed the position and um, just garnered a lot of respect. So, And you're raising our, our brand and status of the police department city. So I want to thank you personally. Thank you, sir. Commissioner Lehman, you're getting soft here at the end. Oh, boy. No, thank you for your comments, Commissioner. I think they're I think they're well placed. <laughs> um, any other questions or comments, Commissioner Corey? 
Um, thank you so much for the presentation. I'm sure any resolution put together or brought forward, we would be very supportive of, especially if it had you know your insight from how you've been working on right now. It's surprising uh, prior to getting into office and knocking on all the doors in South Miami, uh, how unexpectedly just exuberant people are about the South Miami Police Department. And I would love to find ways, and maybe it's something I can collaborate with some other people in this commission, um, to make that uh, you know, expression of gratitude a lot more public. I know that could attract more people to our police department, knowing that the community in the neighborhood is so supportive. Um, so I have thought of some ideas from time to time, but maybe it could warrant some collaboration on some kind of event, perhaps even outside of the city's scope and more on the resident side to, to show our support uh, for the police department. But that's something I just wanted to put out there food for thought and maybe something we can all try and collaborate on. Excellent. Mr. Kai, questions? Yeah, I want the community to know that the efforts that the commission, city manager, and the staff has done to not only recruit the chief, recruit marketing, understand the needs of the city and how to proceed and how to get better every day. Uh, I think you're starting to see this. You're starting to see this commission really start to stretch your legs and do some really positive things for the, for the community. So. Thank you so much for you. I'm looking forward to all the feedback, uh, understanding of how well you're doing with the issues that we've had in the past, whether it's recruitment, you know, uh, whatever the numbers that we have, whether positive or negative. So I'm looking forward to really continue to, to improve. So thank you so much for the opportunity to give us what we need. Thank you. Chief, thank you for the report. Thank you for the good work so far. Uh, I think Commissioner Lehman's right on. You've done a fantastic job of acclimating very quickly the community and all the feedback I've gotten is very positive, so I'll get my hats off to you. Uh, I want you to make Mr. Riverall's job very difficult. <laughs> but the most frustrating thing I've heard since I've been here is that he gets all excited when there's police vacancies in the budget because he's carrying large carryovers. I, the first time I got a, a budget report, I think before Chip started, I, I nearly lost my mind when I saw the overtime line item and how we just kind of blown through that. And, and Alfredo's reaction, and I understand why, at the end of the day, numbers are numbers. It's a lot cheaper to pay overtime than pay for the full officer. But in my mind, that's a service reduction to our constituents, right? We've budgeted for 51 officers. I want to have 51 officers, both for their safety and for our welfare as well, right? We want our, our guys and gals in uniform to not be stressed, not to work forced overtime, because ultimately that translates into better service and reduced liability for our constituents. And I mean, that's the one issue you know, Commissioner Lehman laughs at us because we all walked recently. We heard about is traffic enforcement, traffic enforcement, traffic enforcement. We can't ask our men and women in uniform to do more if they don't have enough bodies to do the job. So since I've been here, we've been carrying between six and seven vacancies consistently. I'm glad to see that we've got two certified officers coming on board and possibly two laterals. Please bring that resolution February 6th to provide for the incentive program. If the cash incentive will make a difference and people committing to our department early, we want them to commit to their, into the, when they're in the academy so they just start day one when they come out and we get a new officer. I don't know, Mr. Vanage, if we need to modify our bargaining agreement to allow for that or if that's something that we can do unilaterally. We do. So again, uh, if we can work you know, with, with our, our union, to, I, I would imagine they'd be supportive of that request. Hopefully they would be. Uh, I'd like to get that done as soon as possible. I, I also, and we'll do it tonight, but I'd like to get some further feedback from you on how we can ha hire more lateral officers. In my opinion, I'm a lawyer, you move from one firm to the next, your, the compensation you earned before was the base of your compensation going forward. That's not how policing works from what I understand. 
if you're a senior officer coming from another department, you're working at you know some bump up above our base pay. That's counterintuitive for me in terms of the marketplace. You know, if people are willing to mid-career with 15, 16 years of service, very skilled officers, very senior officers, want to come work for South Miami, I want to make it a very easy decision for them to come here. Maybe they take a slight reduction in compensation, but they're at least earning something equivalent to what they were earning in the prior department. I don't want to penalize them for their years of service. I know that maybe creates some issues internally with morale. It may or may not, I don't know, but I think that's just, you know, a hiring practice we need to become kind of accustomed to and, and, we'll, and we'll deal with how we message that to our own people who we value, respect, and want to honor for their work as well. But those are my thoughts. Love to hear your, your comments going forward, but thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for your support. Okay, Mr. Manager, anything further? Yeah. Mayor, our, our deputy manager is going to provide an update on communications marketing, so that will be the second half, the final piece of the uh, city manager's report. Thank you, sir. The manager mentioned we were going to provide a brief presentation on brief, the last brief 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 thank you fly through it <laughs> of the initiatives that communications and marketing has taken on in this last month so department there's a lot to do so um, I'm excited to share what has been done and what we're working towards um, overview and internal communications and marketing structure has been created among the departments to make sure that we're reviewing projects and priorities and things are getting done. Uh oh. He's not good for communications. Just keep going, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> oh, what happened again? Oh, there we go. Um, we're working on a full redesign on our website that's also going to match our SOMI Connect app. Um, and we are also updating the SOMI Insider, so a new uh, edition of that will be out this week. This thing's not working. John, you say but I'll keep going. The city's Facebook. No, it's okay. The city's Facebook and Instagram pages have both been verified. Police department had their Twitter page verified. Um, Brandon, our communications and marketing manager, worked very quickly to get our imposter South Miami page taken down. I know the vice mayor was very happy about that. Um, he did a great job at getting that done quickly. We have a Linktree account, which now allows you to go on any of our social media sites. Um, John, you can come here. <laughs> it's okay, we're stuck. Um, it allows you to go on our social media sites. You click and all in one, you can go to our website. You can see all of our events, download our app all in one. Um, the, the city officially has a LinkedIn page and a TikTok page, which we did not have before. And we've activated tools such as YouTube Shorts, which we weren't using before. Um, we have consistent branding across all of our pages. Um, next is our social media verifications. Just a visual, you can see blue check marks on our Facebook and our Instagram. PD is verified on Twitter. They have the gray check mark. As far as um, Town Center Outreach Officer Napier, although he is a reserve, very kindly took myself, the Chief, Brandon, and Samantha, our Community Affairs Manager, on a tour of all the businesses in the Town Center. We visited about 45 businesses. They were very excited to see that us, um, we gave them a flyer that had information on Town Center Advisory Board, how to sign up for our newsletter, um, as well as our app, and we created a video 
that featured all the businesses. It was great to see the engagement that we're all sharing it on their pages as well. Next, we have event promotions. Um, we've been cross-promoting events on all of our platforms and we're using Eventbrite, which was started by our Parks and Rec team so people can register for our events. They see all of our flyers. Um, so we've been using tools, Instagram, Facebook, all of the social media outlets for that. This is just a, a little snapshot of some social media content. To your left, you see our holiday greetings. We've been advertising our city closures, which in the past have just been on our door. So if somebody comes, it's kind of too late. So we've been advertising our closures for holidays. Um, at the center, you see a shout out for our PD for National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. On the right, we have, we joke our own city influencer, the city manager who's very popular on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> next, you see our video content uh, that's been all the way to the left is the YouTube shorts. At the bottom, you can see the garage promotion that happened on Instagram. Senior Center um, has also been featured and their holiday parties. And all the way at the right is our brand new page on Twitter. <laughs> the work of that's being completed is not only external, it's internal as well. So our HR newsletter has been redesigned so that it matches the branding that's happening externally and ensures that our employees are getting all of the updates that they need and that they stay informed about city events and everything happening. Next, we have our citywide email signature policy that was implemented. It's gonna keep our communications professional and consistent. So there are two versions. One is general city employees and the other one is for PD. At the bottom, when we send an email, it links to all of our social media pages as well as the Somi Connect app. And that is the brief presentation. That's a snapshot for now. There's a lot to be done. I thank Brandon for coming on board and being excited about everything we're throwing his way. A lot has been done in the last month, so I look forward to providing more updates as time goes on. Great, thank you. It's been a very productive month. Congratulations to you guys. One question. Question, yes. Commissioner Gaia, recognize? Um, night and day, great, great job so far. Um, you know, it's something that we've been requesting since day one since we've been up here, so I appreciate what, what has been happening over the last month. So my, my question moving forward is, um, how, how do we, so we saw earlier today that sometimes we're not getting to our constituents. What is the plan to add users to all the platforms that we have? You don't have to answer this. I'm just saying moving forward, I want to see what the plan is to actually add users, specifically our constituents, to make sure they're much more well informed. I, I, don't, I don't like the fact that people come way after the fact when we've already discussed it, when we're trying to be very transparent in all the, all the you know, dealings that we have with the city. So I, I wouldn't uh, and understand what the metrics are moving forward. Is it something that we're going to try to add? Do we want to add, you know, 500 users in six months, or how do we focus on specifically our community? So those are the two things I really want to start deep diving into to understand that we're getting those users. If this is going to be all of our communication methods to do that, which it sounds like we're very central moving forward, which is great. I just want to make sure people are looking at it. So I know it's not easy, but you know, let's let's try to add on that. Yeah. Something I just want to see. We've been growing our uh, distribution list 
So for the newsletter, they can sign up through our website. There's also, if you sign up for one of our events through Eventbrite, automatically it signs you up for our newsletter as well. So you opt into that. Um, we have the parks list that was that they were also using to send out their newsletter. So I believe our list now is a little over 3,000 who will be receiving our newsletter bi-monthly. Yes, Madam Vice Mayor. I coincidentally happened to discuss this earlier with our city manager and I said if maybe we consider putting it all on a card a flyer something the same way that everybody showed up for the boat <laughs> because they got something on their door we might want to consider something as low like low mental capacity as possible because I know if I don't get something like that I'm not gonna look I'm sorry I'm not looking for you um, so at least so that we send something out that says, here is everywhere you can find us. You want to know who we are? Have at it. Because it's easy. Thank you. Commissioner Lieben. If, if you want to get people's attention, just say you're doubling taxes. Just <laughs> kidding, but, okay. but register for social media. So I, I have a very private question for you. Um, so the, the issue before, the reason why people were reluctant, not a, it's a regarding privacy, but not a private question. The reason why residents may have been reluctant to sign up for our Parks and Rec newsletter and our, our city newsletter was because that then became public, could be, could be captured by a sales company or by a political campaign. If someone um, opts in for uh, Instagram, any of other social media platforms, we don't have that address, right? It provides for more privacy. Is that correct, or I didn't phrase it as a question, but it's, I'm asking a question. They have to opt in specifically to receive our newsletter. So, if they're following us on a social media platform, they're seeing what we're posting. Right. We're not necessarily following them to see what they're posting. So, but my, my point is, if someone follows us on any of the different social media platforms, um, it does provide for more privacy than subscribing via email to a a, a newsletter. Is is that correct? I don't know. I'm, I know the least branding. about social Maybe media. Brandon yeah. can tell us. Yeah, I, I, I have marketing manager for this. So to answer that question, I think we're referring to the public records request, right? So if their information, yeah, they won't be able to submit that as a public record to social media. They're just following us to right. see the content. The list, they will be subject to public records request. Correct. You know, the, the only reason I, I, I bring it up is not a disclosure, just there was some apprehension previously, subscribing to our newsletters. I try to encourage everyone register for the city newsletter, register for Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec actually, even prior to our recent marketing campaigns, really did a great job of building that that newsletter. But um, I mean, that may be something we should advertise too. Your email, you know, your privacy is protected. Anyway, but okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Just a quick question on my part. Um, I often get secondhand information. There's a series of WhatsApp chats uh, in various neighborhoods, and I'm not on them, uh, but I'll get I'll get things forwarded to me by folks who know us, and often those are platforms for a lot of misinformation. People just have the wrong information. I don't know if there's a way for us to kind of get networked with those different community community chats or start our own. Uh, I also routinely monitor... Um, South uh, Miami neighbors? South Miami next door as well, um, just to kind of see what threads are, are discussing South Miami topics. We may want to start our own South Miami thread on that platform just so people can get you know, accurate information about projects that are happening in South Miami, et cetera. And I, I'd love to get, you know, Brandon's help. Um, you know, I, I, I try to be here before city commission meetings. If we can publicize office hours, 
I've had a series of kind of informal community conversations at parks with folks that have asked me from those WhatsApp groups to come out and talk about different issues. If we can kind of formalize that maybe for all of us uh, through formal social media accounts, I do a terrible job of managing social media. I don't have the bandwidth for it. You know, uh, would love to get your assistance doing that as well so we can be accessible, obviously, and help people get good information. So thank you. Commissioner Corey. If I could just say, in closing, I've had multiple uh, you know, conversations with Brandon and Samantha. I think you guys have done an amazing job, Brandon. In the very short period of time, you created a brand consistency and a platform that we could uh, uh, have active marketing with. It's almost maybe a good thing that we couldn't have been so active prior because now we actually have this level of professionalism that's representative of the city. And as we build our database internally to be able to communicate with our existing residents, that won't preclude us from building a database externally to all South Dade so that we can promote our events, our businesses, and, and things like that. So very excited to have you on board, very excited to kick this platform off and, and let it work for the residents and for our businesses. Madam Vice Mayor. We're not throwing shade. Thank you to everyone who did it before. We just now have a dedicated person. So thank you to everybody before. Thank you to everybody now. Yes. We're good. Well, Sam did a pretty amazing job in the interim. So we thank Sam for her heart. That was our social media manager. She well, did a you know, very nice job. I'm going to call you out. I, Certainly I much better saying, than any of us could do. So thank you, Sam. <laughs> okay, with that, thank you for the report. Thank you. Uh, Mr. City Attorney, you're recognized. Certainly. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Uh, the one big item, uh, if you guys wanted to discuss it, at South Miami Park, uh, I, we circulated, Lily and I circulated, um, actually Nikki circulated it, but it comes from Lily and I, um, the, our, the results of our initial title review for South Miami Park, and just to put it all out there, we, we, had, we had done this back in May of last year. Um, so this is, we, we've had this, um, and we had advised you all at back, at back then um, but you know, we wanted to flesh it out and put it in a, in a memo so we're kind of all clear about what's been done and, and, and where we're at with that. So essentially we did a, um, a deed search that goes back till the y back to where, when the YMCA took uh, control of the property. That was a, a it was three deeds in 1956 and 1957. There are no deed restrictions on that property uh, issuing from those deeds. We also did a title search of all computer records. So we go back to the, the the beginning of the computer record uh, uh, search and title, which is 1976, I believe, or 77? 76, you're correct. 76, yeah. Oh, yeah, November 15th, 1976. Um, one week before I was born. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Good year. Um, and there's nothing in title that we see there that, uh, that, that, that would impose any kind of restriction. Uh, so we have not done a a search of all records dating back before then. Uh, that costs a little bit more money. We don't want to do that without your authority. Uh, but if, if you want us to do that, we can certainly do that. But we again, we've not found anything uh, in title that would restrict use of the park or structures on the is, park. Is the parcel platted? The parcel is not platted. Okay, so it's not. But, it, but, it, but it falls into a platting exception. I, I imagine it did get yes. the age, but, but, but there's no... There are no other restrictions via plat that would also. We checked, so we checked okay. the plats around it. There's okay. Nothing in there. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just Commissioner's questions. Yes. Uh, one more thing. I think it's important to note that in 2005, when the city acquired the property from the YMCA, it paid $2.75 million for the property. So there was consideration exchanged, and typically you don't see deed restrictions when there's consideration for fair market value. Okay. 
Thank you for that. Questions, colleagues? So, Southland, sorry. Commissioner Kaya, you're recognized. It's fine. All right. Jump the gun. So, South Miami acquired the park in which year? 2005. 2005. All right. So, okay. And in your opinion, there's no reason to go back way before 19, the great year of 1976 to, to look into that. Do you think it's a risk that we should look into? I just don't want to be tied up in any litigation if, if you think it's not worth the risk to go look, back and look. I, I think if you're concerned about litigation, you know, instruct us to do it and we'll, we'll order the title. I think that's, that's the safest bet. I, we don't think that there's anything on there, especially because the deeds uh, into the YMCA don't reference anything. The only, the only restriction that they talk about is shall comply with all zoning ordinances and laws, which is not a restriction. It's you're, you're going to follow the law. That, so uh, that's the only reference to any kind of limitation on the use of the property. If I could ask a related question, the YWCA improved the property uh, at some point in the past. Have you looked at the development orders related to the construction of their facility? We have not. No. Okay. No. So I think, I think I would like us to understand by virtue of any possible development order that may have been issued if there were any companion restrictions. So if you could, if, if my colleagues agree, I'd like us to do that research just so we're, we're clear and we turn over every possible rock. Yes, I, we, we can do that. Um, the one thing I would like to just point to your attention, there's nothing of record, it looks like. I, 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 looked, at the, I looked at the land development records yeah. on the county's website. I did not see anything. Right. We'll but, then, but then again, probably with a different folio reference. Right. Knowing a little bit about this stuff, it may not have been referenced with the current folio. So again, nothing apparent on their system, but we should, we'll, I think, just check nonetheless. We'll the old maps. Thank you. Okay. Commissioner uh, Liebman. Yes. No, separate but related, just for my own edification. So the city purchased the property from the YMCA for two and three quarters, right? Million dollars in what year? 2005. 2005. So yeah, I'm curious, because when I came on the commission, we, we had, and it's not related to the, our issue of concern, but when I came into the commission, the city had a dollar year lease with the YMCA. Was that, was that part of the deal? Well, you can purchase the property for two and three quarters, but with that, there was a dollar year lease, and that could have been by an agreement, but there's nothing, there's nothing okay. of record that indicates that arrangement. But that was simultaneous. They probably continued the management. Could be, could be for the dollar. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just wondering how we got into that contract, but the purchase price may explain that. Okay. Thank you. Further questions, Madam Vice Mayor, you're recognized. I'm just wondering if we're going to have any kind of discussion based on any of the feedback that we've received, or if we're just continuing to move forward. Regarding yeah, regarding South Miami Park. I just think we need to make that clear. Yeah. Do we want to reserve that for commission? I, I mean, we, we have we have a, we have a regularly scheduled sunshine meeting on February 6th, I believe, mm -hmm. where we have our five priority items. It's listed as one of the priority items. I think that would probably be the next best available opportunity for us to have conversation and talk about what we heard okay, or and how you know and we may have some further information about title at that point in time so that, that would be the for me personally that would be the one thing that would change my perspective on the issue if, if at all um, but I, I think that probably would be the next best time because okay. we already have the time scheduled and it's part of our okay. our regular agenda so then do we say it's tentative for that date it's already been taking into consideration though what we have from the city attorney, what you literally just discussed, because I think discussing it without knowing that—it's no, hard. It's hard to hard to have a conversation without exactly. the information. So, 
But I do believe, and Madam Clerk, you can correct me, we do have a date scheduled for our five priority sunshine meeting. Um, I think it's at 5.30. Yeah, and that, okay. and that is one of the listed items. Okay. Perfect. Thank so you. So, Mr. City Attorney, if we could have that information or the title title search or, or, or document search completed okay. in some form of a memo to us by then, that, that would be appreciated. Thank you. So, yes. Further questions or comments? I wanted to do a, a complete title search. I, I, I would like us to review the land development records because it probably would be the most we instructive. Will. I think going back to 1976, if there were recorded restrictions, we probably would have seen something in title already. Uh, but uh, at least look at the land development records of the county just to confirm whether there are any, any conditions on the prior use. To what extent they apply to a future use, I don't know. But to if there are any, any prior conditions, we should be aware of them. Okay, okay. we'll do that. Thank you. Yes. Further questions or comments? Okay. One, one more thing for the city attorney report. The, uh, I'm going to be just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm going to be sending you um, a, a proposed uh, ERPD process kind of restructuring flowchart for you guys to, to like consider and think about. Um, and I would appreciate if I could get some feedback on that maybe at the February 6th workshop. Since we, we could add that to the agenda or uh, the notice. Vice Mayor Bonich has, yes, has without objection. headed that effort. And sure. So she'll get it first. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Right, thank you. Because <laughs> he had asked. Thank and, you. And Mr. City Attorney, Mr. Manager, I believe for the February 6th meeting, I had asked us to bring back the RFQ for City Hall um, I thought we'd be good for us to look at it one last time before it was issued to make sure we were all in agreement with its form and hopefully get it out very shortly thereafter. So um, I'd like to see that item on the agenda. And if you can give us an update as well on February 6th on the feedback on the interlocal from the county. Okay. Commissioner Lieben. Sorry. Th thank you, Mayor. In, in reference to uh, the city attorney's previous comment regarding the RPB, and uh, thank you very much, Vice Mayor. It's been a, you were the first person to do it, and that's been a conversation uh, since I've been on the dais for the last 12 years. Um, but along those lines, would this commission uh, consider, one, changing the name, just the design review board, and second, maybe merging that board with her planning board? I think we should talk about that on the on the six. Right. Well, that with sorry, the proposal. That's my yeah. Question: Would the commissioner be interested in entertaining that when we have that discussion? Or which one? Yeah. I think I think the I think the difficulty with merging with the planning board is the planning board is set forth in our charter, correct? And so that would require a charter amendment, and so um, okay. that would be probably the limitation on that on that proposal. So, but I you know I, let's talk about it on the right. six when okay. we have the information right. in front of us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, moving on. Uh, if we can take, uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Not a problem. On item three. Thank you. If we could take, we have not adopted the consent agenda item. If you could read item one in the record, please. Yes, item one: a resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, approving a proposal and project agreement with MNJ Engineering PC to provide design services for drainage improvements along Southwest 76 Terrace between Southwest 67. Avenue and 69th Avenue in amount not to exceed $33,875, providing for authorization, provide for implementation, corrections, and an effective date. Is there a motion to adopt item one? Uh, one quick thing, Mayor. Yes, sir. Just a clarification. There was a, um, a Scrivener's error in the resolution. The actual number is $38,875, <coughs> not $33,875. Um, so noted. With the with the modifications, is there a motion to adopt? Move the item. Is there a second? Second. So a motion by Commissioner uh, Liebman, a second by Commissioner Corey, and we have a question 
a I question do. from Commissioner Kaye. I wanted to see if we could discuss it for a second. Okay, so let's pull it for discussion. For a second, yeah, that's fine. So, um, and we really didn't introduce it, so maybe you can introduce it for the public. Maybe? Sure, uh, Mr. Manager, why don't you give us a recap on item one, please? Oh, wait, this is one, I'm sorry. Are you, are you on the right item? I was already on three, I'm good. No, no problem, so let's, uh, <laughs> there is no discussion needed since it's a consent agenda right. item. Okay, so we have a motion and a second. <laughs> Seeing no questions, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Cayu. Yes. Commissioner Tori. Yes. Commissioner Limas. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes, if it's for $38,875 and not a penny more. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Item passes 5 0. Uh, I'd, like to move, uh, I'd like to request a deferral on item three uh, to the February 6th agenda. Is there I, a, I, Yes. I'm not interested in deferral. I want to kill this, and I, I just <laughs> want to kill we, this. We can discuss it. <laughs> if, if you want to, if you want to speak about uh, parking fee modification, that's fair and equitable across the board. We we can. I, I I'm happy to have that conversation. But, but favoring one business, I would I would like to give the person who made the request the opportunity to be here. For some reason, they're not here. Right, right. Which is that, why I'm asking for the deferral. But I, I, look, I I, fairness, I understand okay. I understand where you're I, I can imagine where you're coming from, which but, is but may I say one thing there? Go ahead, sir. We are catering to one business. We are changing parking for one business. Um, we're doing this in piecemeal. You to your credit, Mayor, went out of your way to um, to entertain someone's um, request to benefit their singular business and they didn't even have the courtesy to show up this evening I don't know it if they were I don't evening. know if they were notified so I don't want to uh, you know if, if we could just preserve judgment for tonight and we'll have a full discussion at the next meeting I prefer that um, you know we can also have a conversation about the conversations we've had with the property owner or the leasehold the person who owns the leasehold who's most benefited by that business continuing success um, and quite frankly I'd probably be of the opinion at this point that we remove all parking costs for the parking garage because it's not utilized and there's clearly not a market for it and my goal if we're going to lose money i want to see it fully utilized so that's where i'd like to go with this discussion when we take it up on december on december on february 6th just one quick statement yes sir here so i agree with you uh, we just got to consider all the the money that we actually budget to that revenue so we just we just got to consider I, i'm with you but i got it and i'm with commissioner lehman as well like i don't want to favor one business or another but we do really need to look at we, we've been going back and forth on this garage it's, we, we need to I think next time if we can get a, a scenario where we look at $240,000 of revenue losses on the garage, which is roughly the number a year, I mean, I'd like to at least have the conversation with that as a possible option because right now we spent a lot of, we, we forgave a lot of debt to buy back parking rights for the garage and no one's using it. And I don't know how many people use it during this promotional period, uh, but clearly we have a problem with an asset that people don't want to utilize. And I hear complaints constantly, but it's difficult to park in South Miami with a parking reservoir with 426 spaces that's empty all the time. So I, I would just like to defer the item and, and, and continue the conversation on February 6th. If anyone has an objection. I move uh, a motion. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Okay. But the discussion, so I'm, I'm trying to work with you. Yeah. As opposed to this being another one-off or we're catering to one business, just uh, what I'm suggesting is bring back the item to reduce. I'll refer, I'm going to recast the item for the, okay. for the six. Great. Okay. Thank you. No problem. So a motion, a second to defer to February 6th. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you could call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Cayo. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Limas. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item passes five. Thank you. Can you read item four, please? 
Item 4, a record from Mayor City Commission of the City of South Queens, Florida. Selecting plus Urbia LLC DBA plus Urbia Design for placemaking, branding, and urban design services pursuant to request for qualifications number CSM 2023-14, authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute an agreement for the services. I move the item. Is there a second? Second. Uh, we have a motion by Commissioner Lieben, a second by Commissioner Kai. Is there any discussion on the item? Um, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, if we can, can we have the city manager introduce and go? Yes, ahead. please. And, and I, I believe the uh, some, a representative for the respond for the number one ranked respondent is here, so it probably would be good to hear from them as well. Yeah. So, uh, city manager, we can introduce it. Uh, also, <laughs> talk about the process and selection. I want to be transparent to the public that well, how the process went through, and then moving forward, what the process looks like, whether it's qualifications, uh, request for bid, and then execution. Certainly, uh, Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, uh, this item, uh, this before you is a recommendation uh, after a process of an RFQ. So the issue, uh, the city issued a, a request for qualifications for purposes of placemaking, branding, and urban design, as we've discussed, uh, to um, bring back some uniform standard and design, uh, urban design to our town center and cross over uh, US-1 into Sunset all the way to 62 Avenue. Uh, <clears throat> the city issued an RFQ of which we had five uh, proposers. Um, there was a committee that was assembled, uh, uh, and each of you had a, a appointed a representative to, to that committee as well as I. Seven members participated in the review. The review was uh, uh, done twofold. Uh, after the firm, five firms uh, submitted their proposals, proposals were, were reviewed and analyzed uh, by each committee member. Uh, that committee was convened, and they met and uh, initially uh, scored and ranked uh, the firms. Uh, that was the first phase of it. Uh, after that first phase, uh, the firm Plus Orbia Design uh, was the leading candidate. <clears throat> uh, the committee opted to uh, ask uh, and shortlist uh, three proposers to come in for oral interviews. Uh, those oral interviews were, were then uh, scored and ranked. Um, after the combined process of uh, present the uh, proposal uh, evaluation and oral interviews, uh, those scores uh, were combined, and after that process, uh, the top rank uh, firm that the committee, uh, based on committee scoring, was uh, Plus Urbian Design. Uh, we, uh, our deputy manager, headed the committee. Uh, she provided a packet to me with the committee's recommendations and findings. Uh, I reviewed uh, their work, and I reviewed the firms uh, that were proposed. Uh, we had Plus Urbia uh, was ranked first. Um, and uh, Street Plans was ranked second, and Burden Hirsch was ranked third. <clears throat> so I reviewed the recommendation, uh, and my, my findings were uh, that based on committee's recommendation, I found no, no other reason to deviate from that, and I supported that recommendation, and I brought this recommendation, which is before you, and it would be uh, to authorize uh, the city manager and the city attorney to negotiate uh, an actual scope. Uh, that would be uh, the next phase. Uh, so we can uh, establish scope and price and then move forward with the work. Uh, so what's before you is a recommendation uh, for Plus Urbia Design um, and certainly happy to answer any questions that you may have. Colleagues, any questions? I, 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 I would like to, if I can, ask Mr. Mouillaret to come up, if he, if he would introduce himself, please. I mean, I know him for a long time. He's a friend and a very distinguished professional and excited by the possibility of working with him on this project. Yeah. So are we. Um, good evening, Commissioners, Mayor. Um, my name is Juan Mujerat. I represent Plusrovia Design. Um, I would make one modification to what you said. 
in, with due respect, uh, we are a team of consultants. So we prime it and we've brought in uh, some other specialists on some, uh, to be able to tackle whatever, whatever the city requires in the next three years. So we saw this project um, as, as somewhat open-ended and so we brought in, in addition to what the RFQ requested, a landscape architect local uh, to the city, Ida Curtis from Curtis Rogers down the street. Um, also an economist, uh, because we felt that uh, the city also needed to be informed when we are doing placemaking, what the impact of that is in the, uh, in the economy and potential future investments, et cetera. So we have a very uh, a varied uh, team of professionals that uh, we presented as a team. A little bit about ourselves, maybe? Yeah, uh, I do. <laughs> I'm more interested about the team and how we can work together. We've, we've been working together very closely with Coralino Group for many years, and I think you guys know them very well. Um, our firm was established about 15 years ago. I got an alert on my LinkedIn uh, congratulating me on my 15-year anniversary of my work yesterday. So it's been 15 years. Uh, we are located here in South Florida. We've worked in South Florida for many years. We're known for the Wynwood Master Plan. We're known for the Mill Havana Master Plan. We have done the Coconut Grove Master Plan. Uh, we've done uh, a number of master plans. We are currently engaged with the city of Hialeah on their 2050 Master Plan. Uh, which is a two-year uh, project. It's, uh, it's, it, it includes transportation, it includes placemaking, it includes housing, a, a wide range of, uh, of aspects that we need to look at the city. So we have a lot of experience here. We have also done work uh, outside of the state and, and in other parts of the state. The, um, the one thing that I will add that I think is important, and I always forget and I always get in trouble, my wife is a historic preservationist. She, is, uh, she used to work at the city of Miami and the city of Coral Gables as well. Um, and, um, and so our firm, our ethos, our uh, way of working with placemaking and urban design is very much about what the character of the place is today and then build from that. So I think that we have uh, a, very strong, um, a very strong team, both in preservation, uh, urban design. For architecture, we, we are bringing in Alan Shulman, uh, well, very renowned uh, South Florida uh, architect as well that understands the vernacular of South Florida. So again, a very well-rounded team that hopefully um, can serve and help and uh, work in parallel with your planning department and any other departments that, uh, that may be involved in this. Commissioner Kai, you recognize. Thank you so much. Um, can you walk us through a little bit about the process that you'll be working not only with the commission, but city manager, you know, our, our, our team internally? Like, what, what is the process for you to understand what our vision is for the city, what the vision is of our residents, how to communicate that, and then execute a plan uh, moving forward. Can you talk like talk sure, to us about how that works? Most, most projects are, uh, are set up in the same manner. Um, we don't come with any preconceptions as to what the vision of the city is. And the first thing that really needs to be done is to um, see exactly which way the stakeholders, your residents, want to go. And so a robust public engagement uh, process needs to happen. That's first and foremost. Um, uh, in recent years, and especially strengthened during the pandemic has been our online uh, outreach uh, process, but we also do a very, you know, a very robust uh, in-person process for that outreach. So that's step number one. Step number two will be to figure out exactly what the scope is. I under my, our understanding based on the RFQ is that it's, uh, it's not perfectly aligned just yet, or it hasn't been worked out perfectly. Um, but the way that we saw when we read the RFQ is that 
really the, the, the city is looking for the look and feel. And, and that involves placemaking, urban design, branding. You know, it's the look and feel. And so it's, it's, it's sort of a bit of a soul-searching exercise at first that will translate into physical improvements. Uh, those physical improvements may be anything from uh, addressing uh, the aspects of the new uh, zoning code that you have and how that relates, you know, the build form relates to your street, uh, street safety, uh, additional uh, mobility, um, mobility elements that are, are, are coming online, your metro, you know, the metro rail, the, the new development that's happening in Sunset. Um, we are very familiar with your town, with your city, so, so that should, you know, we should be very well aligned and, and we, we could hit the ground running right away. Um, when I first moved here, interestingly enough, um, my first place was on, uh, on San Remo. So I was outside of your jurisdiction, but I really did enjoy your downtown while being, living in Coral Gables one street away. And then our second home was actually on, um, on 57th Street. So, you know, in the one you were talking with some residents earlier uh, on the spotted area where it's part Coral Gables, uh, sorry, part Coral, yeah, it's part Coral Gables, part city of, uh, of South Miami and, uh, and, uh, Miami and yeah. the county. Um, and, um, and you never, you know, you only knew that when the trash came out, right? Uh, so I'm very familiar with uh, South Miami. Um, we also, um, we also tried to work for a little bit with Ellen uh, Fancher and in your CRA. Um, uh, we have been doing a lot of work with African-American communities throughout South Florida. So we, you know, we, we, we are looking forward to working with, you know, your diverse uh, uh, stakeholders and, and, and looking at the different solutions that should potentially um, uh, come out of a public outreach uh, that will probably not all be the same, right? Throughout the city. Other questions? Nope. Yeah, sure. so, so finally, I'd like to have a discussion with the, the sure. board. Um, this is my item. This is something I've been championing long before this commission. Finally, the commission has supported and leading up to that, putting in impact fees to help the investors in the city offset this expense and, and make a contribution that would benefit all the residents real of the commercial area. Um, one thing you said, you know, there's a little concern is, is a three-year time horizon. Um, the other thing we just have to note is um, the reason why we're able to have the best or the most improved park story in the county and the reason why there's a lot of development is nothing's happened in this city for a long time. And um, this, this commission represents change, but that's one of the things that makes South Miami charming, but also maybe a tired or neglected look. Uh, you know, it can be compared to driving while looking through the rearview mirror. So one concern with, with too much input, actually you want to engage the community, is from a demographic, right, that doesn't want any progress and that's not necessarily forward thinking. And um, though it's great, want to hire a firm that's creative and can see the future. And their downtown's going to change dramatically with the Sunset Place project. That's going to be an entertainment district, a lot of new development coming to the city. So we're really looking for a new look and feel in the city. Since I've been here, I've been trying to do all that by focusing on street signs and welcome signs and wayfinding signs and a logo that I championed but didn't love. Um, but at least we had a logo and an identity. Um, so there, there's tremendous opportunity, but I don't want us to be too weighted in the past. And um, I don't know if you could speak to your three-year time horizon. Certainly, uh, I'll answer both questions. 
the first question, I believe, is with regards to how the, the RFQ is set up or the contract potentially will be set up. We're going to, we're ideally, we would be entering in a, uh, in a negotiation uh, quickly. Um, the contract is set up as a three-year plus one uh, contract. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's going to take us three years to put it all together. My understanding of the contract is that there will be different tasks at different times, and we'll probably start with the priorities. So three years doesn't mean that you're not going to see anything from us for the next three years, but rather that we have three years to tackle all the different potential um, challenges and opportunities that, that, that you have right now. Um, that's number one. In terms of the, uh, our approach being potentially dated, I, I don't, I mean, that's not exactly no, I'm not saying your approach is dated uh, at all. But you, I understand that you're looking for a fresh, fresh new look for the city. Um, what we believe is that that is really important, especially because we can see and we have been seeing that change is coming to South Miami. It has been coming for a while and it's suddenly here and change is going to happen. Um, our approach from a historic preservation standpoint, from a, an understanding of what the hometown plan was, is, and how it functions, your new zone, zoning coming in, all these things are going to change and our, um, our approach potentially will be, our methodology will be to channel those changes into uh, something unifying. Um, take your logo, for instance. You know that's been a great step forward in the, the way that I see it from a graphic standpoint, and it has created a certain, um, an important identity change. Um, and and the question is, how does that trickle, not just to your logo on your website, but also how does that inform your street signage? How does that inform, um, and and whether or not it has to be uh, tweaked or or or. or changed in certain ways in certain aspects in certain <coughs> places. So we're honestly, we're very open going into this project. Um, I don't want to tell you if we're going to move in one direction or another because it's really not supposed to be our project. It's going to be the city's and the residents' project. And that's why I you know, propose that the first step that we would take would be a very robust public outreach effort. Thank you. Further questions? Madam Vice Mayor? I'm, I'm not sure if they shared with you what there was before. Have you seen that at all? Before what? Before you guys were brought into the picture, why this even started, it's because something had been done previously. I think, we're, I think we're gonna share with you the design aesthetic yeah. of the prior streetscape for Sunset, which is what really kicked this off. Catalyzed this conversation, the desire to go out to the market and find someone to help us come up with a, a redesign, potentially for what was a very nice design when it was implemented 20, 25 years ago, but now it's obviously dated, tired, and needs some refreshing. So we'll share that history with you. Yeah, I think it's I a very important like, reminder. Where familiar with some of those things. No, you need to see this one design. It's very, <laughs> very special, <laughs> very special. We'll, we'll say it that way. But I, I, I think for, for, so today's, for today's conversation, we're, we, um, we're approving the contract. I think it would be helpful for your team to join us on February 6th. This is an item for discussion. Uh, hopefully we'll have you under contract in some form or fashion by then so we can have a, a more robust conversation about what we wanna see moving forward. I, I do have a process question. I'm, I'm a huge fan of you and your team and, and the team that you have. Thank you. There's some, there's some components though that were, I mean, we were, I think we were very fortunate colleagues with the two lead respondents, both Street Plans and Plus Urban do fantastic work. Uh, the subconsultant groups were, 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 were really, really talented. Would it be possible for us to incorporate some of the subcontractors, if they're willing, from the other team onto this contract as well? The, I just thought there were one or two folks that were in the kind of the creative branding space on the other, other team that I, I thought might be 
good add-ons. I just want to know procedurally whether we could have that conversation during this contract negotiation process or whether it's kind of a, a fixed package that we're that we're acquiring today in this conversation. Yes, Mayor. I think it's a fixed package. We okay. pre-selected, qualified okay. particular team. Okay. So it's it's I mean it's a great package, so I'm not but I just wanted to ask the question. I would kick myself if I didn't. Can I can wait? I'm Hold on a second. Okay. I, can I finish my part that I didn't get to finish? Oh, I'm sorry, my, <laughs> Madam Vice Mayor. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're recognized. No, no thank you. Um, I'm just wondering, it's not, and it's not a you question, it's more of a, of our staff question is we, we've received this now as a, hey, here's our final, and I don't know, maybe I missed it, but did any of us really get to see the other, the other one, the number two street plans? I see you referencing it, but I don't have a record of having received that. So I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm just missing something because I'm like, okay, so compared to what? And I think that the placemaking committee was extremely helpful in helping us narrow it down to, to two I, or, or three. Yeah. And, and I'm like, how, how did the decision come to this one? Who made that final decision? Because it's coming to us as a fail complete. Yeah, definitely, Vice Mayor. Um, so from a process standpoint, <clears throat> the, the committee um, evaluated first the proposal, written proposal, and then moved on to oral interviews. Mm -hmm. And so that. and so each of those rankings and then those scores were meshed, and that's how you end up with, with the top-ranked firm. Um, that comes to me uh, to evaluate and, and take a look at, at the firm's uh, experience and qualifications and, and the committee's work, <clears throat> and then I bring a recommendation. Um, the, the process uh, that we have currently in our code also uh, would have allowed me to uh, proceed to negotiations and then bring a selected firm and a contract. Uh, but I, I thought it was important to, given the magnitude of this project, um, to, to bring back this potential recommendation before actually negotiating a contract. So that is a process. I ultimately have to make a recommendation to this commission. And so therefore, that's why you see uh, the firm's uh, leading uh, firm that was ranked by the committee. And my recommendation, you see their proposal. And, that, and that's, the, that's the process. OK, so then none of us saw the other proposals? No. 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 Okay. Further questions? Well, yes, I have a suggestion to that point. I gave some of the the context, right? And things I've been working on since I ran and and with so many improvements, a lot of it had to do with where we started, right? South Miami, as I mentioned, was neglected and tired. This city, believe it or not, there's an article in the Herald, appreciated more than a hundred municipalities approximately. Appreciated more than any other municipality in the Tri County area. Um, and now this is finally coming to fruition, I'll be here for the final vote, but not to appreciate the improvements that will, uh, fo that will follow. Um, so this is very important to me. I, to the vice mayor's point, I, I wish just more engaged, involved, and informed in this process. Um, and to that point, ultimately, we make the final decision. Um, there were two stakeholders on this board that I believe had the most experience, very experienced, and also um, the greatest vested interest, and um, maybe we can even um, argue most creativity. And they selected a, another firm. And I just think, I don't know how we'd be at a disadvantage, especially when we're shopping blindly without price, right? There's no numerical figure associated with this. And we all support competition, why we can't negotiate simultaneously with the second place finisher, which is also a South Miami resident, right, in terms of the business, and then leave it up to the commission to decide. 
So, I'm sorry, how would that, how would you see that working is my question to you. Would you see us having a, having the manager negotiate two service contracts and then having them do a presentation before us to decide which, sure, I, mean, I mean, I, I, I just, just think want to get your thoughts. The vice mayor's point, we should have some input as well as opposed to yes or no, right? So, okay, may I ask a question to staff? Was there, was there, yeah. are we, were we allowed to review the present or video recordings of the presentations? Did we have that opportunity? Did we not take advantage of it in some cases? I, I'm, I'm familiar with both firms. Frankly, I'm excited to yeah. work with either. I'm excited to work with Plaserbia that was ranked first. We might, the person I put on the board ranked them first. So I'm, that's why I chose that person. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm very confident with, with the, the recommendation that we're receiving this evening. But that said, I mean, do we have that opportunity as a board to look at those, those records or? So, so I, I, I don't know that if the opportunity was afforded or, or is that the question? I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it, again, it, it from, was, a, from a procurement standpoint, would we be running afoul of any of the procurement rules had we asked to look at the record, the recordings of that, of those presentations? Just I'll, I'll let the attorney them. answer that, but I, I, I'd like to sort of um, maybe maybe comment on a process. I mean, this process is no different than yeah, every other process, process that yeah. has been, and, and in fact, I did change the process because I, I didn't negotiate with the firm and then bring the contract I actually well, brought. Well, I think you changed the process many ways. One is you allowed us a chance to appoint someone Correct. directly onto the not, selection committee. Correct, which is not stipulated Typical. In, yeah. in our code or charter. Yeah. Um, so there was inclusion from that standpoint. And the second aspect is having this decision at this moment based on a recommendation, which is also not stipulated in our code or charter. You would have seen an actual contract. So the process is no different um, than, than, than what normally is, is provided for in our charter and our code, but for these changes that I've mentioned. And certainly, and, and you know the, these processes are you know we have seven members. Uh, there there's a subjective nature to it's a perspective of that individual, and they bring their experiences and knowledge to this process and and, and give it a rank order. So there's that subjectivity, um, and certainly the 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 individuals that that um, that uh, Commissioner Lehman had, had referenced uh, as it relates to their scoring on after the proposals, they didn't rank the same firm. They they had selected different firms after. Uh, and during oral, they did, and then, but what happens in this process typically is you, you're, you're meshing scores of one process to the other, oral and presentations, and those scores combine then. So you're taking in the totality of the committee's contribution, you know, obviously, and, 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 and so, but there's subjectivity. You know, it's based, eyes of the beholder, right? That individual that's here. So I just wanna, you know, I, I brought this for this sort of feedback, but I just don't wanna give the impression that somehow this process is different than, than in other places, and in fact, there is more involvement than, than what dark code and, and charter uh, stipulates and provides for. Thank you for that. Um, I haven't heard from anything on this side of the dais. Commissioner Kaye, Commissioner Corey, thoughts? Um, no, I, I, I would love to see the, the process and the video of it and understand like what the selection process was, but I'm okay with Placerbia as well moving forward. So I'm, I'm okay to sign that off. I'm, I was a big fan of their work as well. So. I did my research and talked to a lot of people in the industry, and they always came up on the top. So, but I would like to see it done. Okay, Madam Vice Mayor. And and I just want to clarify: I don't think anybody's saying that that they're not the right choice at, yeah. at all. And as a matter of fact, if we're looking at oh well, the person I appointed for this—I mean, the person that I appointed, whose opinion I I'm very Value, interested yeah. in—actually voted the highest for you guys as well. I'm just more interested in how we got here, because while it is not our direct responsibility, it is something that 
we all, in one way or another, have campaigned on, and it's something that we've all shown a very vested interest in. And that is where my inquiry comes from, because I think it's important for us, though we may not be the final decision maker or the initial decision maker, however you want to call us, we are still technically responsible for this. Understood. I think, I think the manager's clarified. I think what is different than the typical process is he did give us a chance to um, recommend people to serve on the selection committee. I think we all made our respective recommendations to that process. That's probably not a typical process. Typically, the manager has the province of naming who he wants to sit on that board. I think he probably did that because, and I won't, don't want to speak for him, but I'll take a crack at it, which is I think he did that because he wanted to make sure that we were represented in the conversation from the outset. Um, you know, I will say that I would have been disappointed. I, I think the two best firms were ranked, in my opinion, for this work were ranked the highest uh, based on my experience and their full scope and, and capacity and the work they've done in the past. So, uh, I mean, I'm confident, I'm, I'm confident with proceeding what we're doing now. Again, to clarify, Mr. City Attorney, we're, we're basically directing the manager to negotiate a contract. Does that contract come back to us for approval or does it, it does? Okay. Or does it delegate him the ability to, to, to negotiate and execute a contract? So the resolution actually delegates the, the authority okay. to him. Um, I, I would say it, it may come back to you anyway, just based on the wording of the RFP. I mean, I, 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 I am less concerned about the contract terms mm -hmm. and more concerned about supervising the scope because I think that's what we're all really interested in. So to the, extent that, to the extent that the form of the contract is something that's delegated to the manager, I would just like to see the scope and the prioritization of the work, <coughs> something that becomes the province of discussion by this commission in the future because you know, certainly I think we need to prioritize what we're gonna do in the near term by way of uh, you know, focused work. So, so in colleagues, further thoughts? Yes, Madam Vice Mayor. One thing that's more a conversation, not, not really you, but us, is I, I think it would behoove us when we're looking at this to consider when it is that they're gonna start breaking the world apart at Sunset Place so that we don't have breaking the world apart here and then breaking it apart here and then breaking it back apart here. So we want it, if there's gonna be a disruption, we want it to be as simultaneous, I think, as possible because the less time we are making it difficult for someone to get into a shop, the no, I think we all agree on that, and I think I would say go a step further. You probably agree that we want to make sure that our consultant is communicating with theirs mm -hmm. about their vision for the design aesthetic of the street surrounding their property so that it is as harmoniously integrated with what we are seeing yeah. as possible so that those two processes are informing and reinforcing each other. Yeah, and to that, one of the things I didn't mention, but out both some of our firms in our, in our team, most of our firms, uh, work both for the public and private sector. So we have a lot of experience on both sides. Uh, we know how to talk to developers. We know what you know they need. We know about their bottom lines. We understand, and so, and we also understand how cities work. And you know, we we, we have that experience, which allows us to both basically become a mediator and make sure that there's a happy ending um, with any of the projects. So, further comments? Okay. No. Nope. Oh, and just to clarify my position. Commissioner Levin, yes, sir. Yeah. Is that questioning the process? My point is there was no commission engagement, right? And ultimately, right, we are the representatives and we absolutely make the final decision. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, would, I would just say that the, the commission engagement in this case was through our delegated representatives. I mean, I, I know I appointed Anna Hellebert on the committee. 
she, she reviewed the proposal, scored them. I think we all added a voice to this conversation, which from my perspective is a little bit atypical than how we have to right. do it otherwise. My, in my other point, and sorry, Mayor, no, but go ahead, sir. yes, this is not a drainage project. We're not building a building. This is, this is an absolute intangible, right? Yep. With creativity. So it, it's not your typical RFP selecting a, this is much different than anything. Agreed, agreed, yeah. How do we want to proceed? Is there a motion to approve this item, or is there? I have a motion. Sorry. What? I have a motion already. You have a motion already. What is the motion you have on the floor? I'm sorry. To approve um, by Commissioner Lee and second by Commissioner Carrier to approve the item. Okay. No. So, so I mean, you can you can rescind your you can rescind your motion, and we'll we can start the conversation anew if you like. Okay. Well, let's let's consider that motion rescinded without objection. Okay. And let's decide how do we want to move forward here. I, can I ask a question? Because I, I think it's a stupid question, but I don't know. There's the no answer. stupid questions, Madam Vice Mayor. Why? Thank you. No. Only stupid people, right? <laughs> 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 um, as we as we move forward with this, how much engagement is there going to be with us, if at all? Like, who's going to be making these decisions? Because I I think we saw we're not having input in an, in a constructive way. Put us last time with the circles on the street that you have yet to see. Yeah, I, I, my, my expectation, Mr. Manager, is that the scope portion of this conversation is something that we will, will be vetted with us. And I, I think the best opportunity, next opportunity, is February 6th, where we can kind of go through a list of items that they may identify, you may identify based on our feedback. We may want to throw new things in and kind of begin to articulate what we think needs to happen first. I mean, one of my short-term items you know, it's not placemaking on the on the east side of downtown, but I'm very concerned about how we inform an eventual RFP for this civic complex, and I'm very focused on where we want to plan for the public space. And we want to relocate, I want to relocate personally up against the underline. That would be one discrete task I would want to see delegated to this group to think about where we tell the market we think that that public space should go, one or a couple of options, just by way of example. Okay. So, um, so I, I expect that's the kind of conversation we'll have on the six. Uh, is my expectation a fair one? Mr. Yeah, and, and, and I take the comment further. I mean, it, this commission is a stakeholder, so so part of you know the firm's uh, job is to sit down with each of you, take your input as to what you would like to see, um, what your vision is from an urban design standpoint. So you know that's part of the process. Once the firm comes in on board, <laughs> to take that vision uh, as as part of their uh, final product. All right, so it's you're a stakeholder like in every group, um, and, and like every other group. So <clears throat> the um, so yes, you're right on the recommendation of coming back uh, for February 6th, if that's a, the will of the commission. Okay, we might want to look at timing for February 6th because now we're talking South Miami Park and this on the same day, and I think we have people on this day as passionate about both. So something to consider, maybe the five priorities. What, one we've had a lot of conversation. One, one conversation we've discussed quite a bit. So I'm hoping it'll be shorter <laughs> than the other. From your mouth but to God's ear. I, you know, I'm always a very optimistic person in that regard. So, uh, is there a motion on this item uh, to adopt it? I, I move the item. Thank second. you. Second. We have a motion by Commissioner Lieb and a second by Commissioner Corey. Any further comments? I think the direction of the board is. Mr. Manager, negotiate the contract if we can bring back a, a proposed scope for conversation on February 6th so we can start to get some feedback formally and in the interim, obviously, you're welcome to meet with all of us individually. Thank you, sir. Looking forward to it. 
Okay. Well, yes, Madam Vice Mayor. I just want to say thank you to everybody who was on the placemaking committee because this was not an easy thing for them, I'm sure. And, and thank you to I think they did a good job. And as, as Commissioner Liebman says, thank you to all the applicants. We had a really great cop, a crop of people who submitted. So we're, I think we're very fortunate with that we had these many options. So thank I you. I agree. Thank you. Okay, thank you. so we have a motion and a second. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Cayu? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 5-0. Great, if we could read item 5, please. Thank you very item, much. Item 5, a resolution of the Mayor City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, authorizing the City Manager to negotiate and execute agreements with additional property assessment clean energy face district. Thank you. Um, is there, Commissioner Kaya, this is your item. Do you want to quickly give us an overview? Sure. Uh, being on the um, Green Corridor, I've been privileged to understand how the PACE programs work. Um, and it just, you know, when I started looking at our code and, and what we have, it just seems like this is just easy for us to adopt and talk about free market uh, and the possibility of having different districts and different vendors uh, provide, you know, opportunities for PACE programs. So it's just open market. We're, we're sole source right now, and I don't like to do anything sole source. Questions, oh, Commissioner Guy? I, I have a and a vice mayor. Yes. I know that we had discussed now on more than one occasion having a, a closer look at what the solar ordinance is for our city, and we just recently, most of us, received our tax bills and our, re, you know, our reinsurance, at least I did, I got the homeowner's insurance for my house and it is $1,000 more and I don't even have solar panels so I shudder to think what the people who do, what their bill looks like. And when we discussed it twice, we all said we wanted to take it up and none of us officially did so. And I wonder, while I agree with you 100% that competition is definitely the way to go, especially with the issues that Y Green has had in the market, um, I think this needs a, a bigger conversation and I, I, I would like to gauge from you guys how you feel about on our next agenda having a, not a placeholder, a pause put on our solar ordinance while we try to figure out what's going on because we are becoming uninsurable. The insurance rates for solar panels homes are at least one and a half, if, if I'm not mistaken, of what a house is with no solar panels. And while I think it is a wonderful thing, if someone wants to put it at their house, I think as a city, we would be irresponsible in not having a formal discussion on this because it is very expensive to put in, very expensive to have as an insurance component. So I, th I think it's an item that we can bring back I, I think it's related, but not directly related to this item. I mean, with, this is allowing for us to look at alternate vendors to Y Green for a variety of improvements, including the financing of solar panels, um, roofs, roofs uh, windows, uh, garage doors. Absolutely, and that's why I say, conversion. yeah, you know, they they're so they're but not I sisters, think but they're cousins. They, so they're, what do you? I just yeah. want to gauge. You know, I have absolutely no opposition to this. I think, like I said, it's a great okay. idea because competition is what keeps people, you know, working. So, but I want to know from you guys what you think. 
because it's yeah. clean energy. So what do you think about Mr. that? Kaya, what do you think? No, I think, Vice Mayor, I think you're, you're right. I, I, I did, you know, obviously I did a big thorough research, not with Y Green or Pace, but in general what, what the problems were with solar panels and the, and the insurance industry, and it is a problem. So I, I haven't looked at it in over like three or four months. I just yeah. followed up on it. So if you can, just give me the opportunity, maybe when we can have a discussion, have a little bit more data because I'm not really okay. sure what 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 the industry's doing. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe the insurance industry allowed more, but I'm not sure. So let me just catch up and okay, maybe I can so provide data to the commission so we have more more to so talk. So then, about. do we want to have it as a discussion point for our next commission meeting? Sure. Because I I don't know how anybody else is going to vote. I, I know how I'm voting on this completely independent of that, but I don't want it to keep kind of dragging we we've, we've talked about it yeah we did two or three I, times. I, I think we i think i what i what i would recommend is that we ask the manager to maybe th there are probably a few different industry groups in tallahassee that have an nexus with the insurance industry and we may just want to ask him to have some conversations maybe with the help of our state lobbyists to figure out who can help inform the data piece I don't know that we're yeah, any any of us are subject matter experts. Exactly. I, I I personally don't think the market is quite as dire as we're as we're characterizing it, but because I, I haven't heard that from my own insurance agent at this point in time. But I think it would be great to get um, you know an industry perspective on what's happening in insurance with insurance rates for homes that are both new construction that the mandate applies to, and homes that may be rehabilitated or may be seeking to add the panels. Over through over you know through the pace program and see if that changes their risk profile from an insurability standpoint. Um, so I don't know if February sixth is enough time to do okay. that. I would think maybe the second meeting in February or even the first one in March. That's I fine. I just to give just to give okay. us our staff some time to to maybe do some outreach and, okay. and get us so some some good resources. So then why don't we say we'll earmark it for the beginning of March? Okay. And then we can talk to people in the, in, not, not just, you know, solar panel providers, but people in the insurance industry to see realistically. I mean, that's really the feedback I think that we're really looking yeah. for since I think your question is, is this creating an incremental cost? Yeah. And, and I mean, the, the things that we saw before now show that it is, but I think it's beneficial to see just how much of that. So I'm, I'm just happy we're, we're talking about it because I feel like we okay. keep kicking that can. So Okay, Thanks. so uh, Madam Madam Clerk, what's the first date in March, so we can identify that? First date in March is April. Is March fifth. Okay, so March fifth. I think we'll target for that, Mr. Manager. Uh, you know, maybe we can talk more offline with the Vice Mayor myself, and we can try to identify some resources, Commissioner Kaye, to help inform that conversation going forward. Okay, on this item. Going back to item seven, uh, I'm sorry, item six. Oh, five. sorry, item five. I'm jumping all around here. Item five. Any further questions or comments regarding item five? It has to be the second meeting in March. Huh? The first meeting in March, I'm scheming. Okay, second meeting in March. Second so. meeting is the next meeting. I'm like, stop, stop. March 19th. March yeah. 19th, okay. <laughs> I'll be on, but I won't be okay. physically here. That's fine, March 19th, that's fine, without objection. Okay, any further questions? No. Hearing none, uh, we have a motion and a second. No? Well, Can I get a motion on item five, please? I suggest we move item five. I move the motion. Okay. Second. Okay, we have a motion by the vice mayor. I'm going to give the second to uh, Commissioner Kaye. Uh, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lehman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 5 0. Okay, if you can read item seven, please. 
A resolution of the Mayor's City Commission of the City of South Memphis, Florida, approving the inventory list of real property owned by the city within its jurisdiction that is appropriate for affordable housing pursuant to section 1.166.0451 Florida statutes. Thank you. Uh, Mr. City Attorney, can you give us a quick overview on this particular requirement? Sure. The, so this, the Florida legislature uh, authorized about a year and a half ago, they authorized website publishing of notice. This all has to do with no, publishing notice for commission meetings. Um, this, is, this is the Live Local Act. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I skipped that. I was looking ahead. Uh, the city inventory. Thank you for that. The, uh, so this, back to the state legislature. Uh, the state legislature requires that the city uh, consider all properties that it owns within its jurisdiction and determine which, which of those properties are appropriate for affordable housing. We are supposed to adopt a, an inventory list. We're a, a couple months late on that, uh, so we're just getting it done at this point. Uh, your staff has highlighted all of the properties that it owns, again, within its own jurisdiction. That's what the requirement of the statute is. Um, and then there's a list in Exhibits A. A1 has a map and A2 has, a, has a, a listing of those properties. And then after reviewing it, the, 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 your staff had determined, uh, and I don't want to speak for them necessarily, but, but uh, the determination was that none of the properties were really appropriate for affordable housing because they all had other uses. Um, but ultimately, this is a public hearing. Uh, once you hear from the public, you all can deliberate amongst yourselves to determine if any are, are appropriate for affordable housing. Okay. Uh, any questions on the item before we take public comment? Yes, Madam Vice Mayor. Is, is there a way that, I mean, because these addresses are all over the place, and like I look at number 16, and I'm imagining that that's South Miami Park. It, just for us, for our own, like, kind of mental database, can we get parks and stuff and City Hall, like, noted somewhere on here so that when we're looking at this, we'll know what's actually vacant and what's a park and what's a building and that kind of thing. And it, it won't change for the discussion we're having now, but I think we could only benefit from actually having that information. Thank you. Further questions? Just a, a quick process one. Are we required by the statute to, to at least identify some parcel that's publicly owned as appropriate or if we have a finding that none are appropriate, are we compliant with the statutory the, requirement? The, the statute only says uh, that we compile a list of parcels that are appropriate for affordable housing. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't say you have to okay. identify any. Fair enough, okay. Um, this is a public hearing item. Any member of the public would like to speak on item seven, please come forward at this time. Anyone here in the chamber who'd like to speak to item seven? No, Mr. Garcia, no? Yes, ma'am, come forward, please. Again, your name and address for the record, if you can. Karen Neal, Karen Neal, 6235 Southwest 44th Street, Grant, South Miami, Florida. Just a little history on South Miami Park. I think it was designated at one point, and there was um, a plan of the city back in 2016 to sell the park for affordable housing, but that was shot down or that was terminated, just for the history. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Appreciate the comments. Anyone else who'd like to speak on item seven? Seeing no one in the chamber, is there anyone online, Madam Clerk? No. So with that, we'll close the public hearing on this item. Um, colleagues, further questions or comments on item seven? I, I, I just observe, I don't know if we wanted to, I know we have 
reserved a parcel seven, which is our the inspection site, as a placeholder for possible, um, uh, you know, a police police station or alternate use that's civic in nature. Would we want to identify that as a possible affordable housing site in the future? And we'd also in the, in the past the CRA had identified portions or all of parcels 27 and 25 for some subsidized townhome development. I don't know if we wanted to identify those as well. Uh, just wanted to solicit feedback at least on those two parcels. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I, I would prefer that we follow through the way that we have it right now. Okay. We're not recommending anything because then that leaves it to us at our discretion to have these more in-depth conversations of do we want to do that and if we do, how do we want that to look versus throwing out into the universe, hey, we've got this and then at some point be backed into a corner to do something we're not prepared to do with that. Okay, and, and I think that's a good point and to, to our attorneys, are we, if we identify a parcel for as appropriate for affordable housing, does it compel us or change our posture with respect to our options vis-a-vis -vis that parcel? No, it doesn't. However, it does, it, it, it does allow um, other entities, uh, nonprofits or, or for-profit developers who are, who are seeking to develop that land for affordable housing, they can approach the city and uh, there are some, some remedies, uh, not remedies, uh, I guess options for them and options for you all in terms of leasing those properties for that purpose. Okay, but those options are not foreclosed if they they're not identified. options, correct. Okay, so that, that if we don't identify them as affordable housing opportunities, they're not foreclosed from exploring those options under the under the under the under the statute. That is correct. Okay, so, and this, the inverse is true as well. If we identify them, we're not forced to explore those options. Correct. Yeah, this is really a. a it's just a, we're just publishing an inventory of public property. Yeah, and this is really this is really about a process for identifying surplus land, land that the, that the okay. city doesn't need and can make available. I mean, in fact, we've gotten offers on some of the, some of these parcels in the past for for this That's purpose correct. and de denied the use. Okay, so, so with that, by way of conversation, colleagues, any further questions, comments? It, if not, can I get a motion on item seven? I yes, sir. I'm not in favor of including the inspection station. Okay. I want to. This is a blank canvas for city hall negotiation. Once that follows, we sure. can revisit that. And just a little institution, and I believe I could be wrong, but the city manager um, shares that opinion. Um, yeah. yeah, Commissioner, thank you. I, I certainly uh, 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 did not include that because of the prospect of a municipal use forthcoming. And so, so keeping that option open, I agree with that. Okay. And uh, thank you, Mr. City Manager. And then to your point, Mayor, um, just in terms of institutional knowledge, local ar architect, um, um, Mario Vitalini did a design. It's still the record of the James McCancy audience. He may has that, but with, uh, um, I believe, seven townhomes while preserving the mango trees, mm -hmm. different commission, different time, different housing needs um, on the on the lot you referred to, I believe, is 24 and 25. Yeah, I think it was 20, right. they're 25 and 26 or something. Yeah. Discussion about a park, but that lot is bookended by parks, and there will be public, additional public space in the Somi Park, which is in a, a housing development, not to be confused with a park, but there will be public space in that development as well. So really there's our, the hub of our recreation, which are a community center and pool and, and so forth, um, as well as the park across the, the street, which will get more attention, and then there'll be public space in Somi Park. So maybe there's some park redundancy there, and then 
lot could be looked at for another purpose. Okay. May I ask a question? Yes, Madam Vice Mayor. Um, Chip, can you look at number 22 and tell me if that's the one that you and I were having a conversation about, I don't know, like a month ago, that that's what brackets the senior center that I was yes, like, it is. it's the preschool and the park and then it, there's another building there in that blue stuff, right? Yeah, it's uh, we have yeah. um, the old It's it's just below the uh, GRE Lee. It's got South Miami Plaza mm -hmm. on 62nd Avenue on the west side. I, I believe that's Marshall Williamson Park. If I'm not mistaken, we, we, we own, own on the east side. We do. Yes. So then yeah, we own the building that's too. there. Yes, ma'am. The the Farrell Learning Center. That's a okay. Head Start program that the county leases. So we own all of that blue stuff on 22. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, the, the rest of it is park parkland, yeah. and then you have the, the, the building, the one structure. Thank you. Mr. City Attorney. Simply because you mentioned it, um, and we, uh, um, Aurelio and I need, need a little bit of direction. Who? I'm sorry? Aurelio. Okay. Uh, we are platting 25, 26, and 27, as you guys have seen before. We were asked by the county uh, for direction. I know this is not a topic, the exact topic, but you guys have brought it up, so I want to take this opportunity to ask. Um, <coughs> we have to put certain development information on the plat, and then that's what gets reviewed by DERM and by water control and all, all the different sections, um, which require additional design plans and all, like money being spent on that. Um, we had originally proposed as the development information townhouses. Um, if it is not the will of this board for that to be uh, affordable and to be on an inventory list, if it is uh, acceptable, to, because we don't have any plans right now to do anything with it, to put the development information as parkland. That's what I had proposed. What's it designated today? Uh, right now it is RS4, it's zoned okay. RS4, which is single family, 6,000 square foot lots. Um, what I'm, we don't have a site plan for that. We don't have a, um, I guess we have preliminary plans uh, historically, but we don't have paving and drainage plans, water control plans. We don't have <coughs> those. Um, and why are, why are we advancing the plot still? That's my question. Uh, that's a separate. That's a separate. I, I mean, I, my preference would be to just ask. to abandon the plot, frankly, than, than rather than than continue with that process. I mean, typically, uh, you know, should we decide to dispose of it or do something ourselves with it? I think we should just deal with that, that, those costs and those questions at a future okay. date. I don't think there's any urgency in replanting the property. Okay at this pr particular point in time. So, I mean, rather than try to address that, resolve that question, I would say unless this commission has an objection, we should probably direct staff to abandon the plot. Um, yeah, what, what does that mean exactly? That means that we stop spending money on something we don't know what we're gonna do so anything with. So we're just keeping whatever it was like? It's, yeah, it's there, it's, it's okay. unimproved, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, I, sorry. Uh, Chip was just reminding me, uh, one of the reasons we had that is if we ever wanted to build anything on it, we already have the plat, we don't have to go through that process. <coughs> but we'd rather wait till we have that issue. I, I don't know that we, I mean, I, again, I think, I, I don't, what my colleague's preference is on this item. I, my, my preference would be just to say, let's wait, because we're, we're hurrying up to do something that we have no plans for. Agreed. Sir, yeah. Sir. Yes, yeah, sorry, so Mayor, I'm, I'm with you mm -hmm. on that point. And then just to clarify, uh, no, there were never, plans, which they were just renderings, and then this is when we had a CRA board, next to CRA, the issue and it was, again, d different housing needs at the time, but even then it was very challenging to make townhomes that were what, what's What's the timeline left on the, on the current, is there a tentative plat that's been approved? It was, there was a tentative plat that was just extended at the end of the year, 
Okay, and how much time do we have left on that? Uh, that plan? I believe they're, they last nine months. And can we extend it legislatively with, uh, you know, with an Ian or a Nicole order? No, that's not one of those that you extend. Like it's not that. a final deal. Right, right. Okay. okay. And so our current tentative plan expires when? I believe September 1st. Okay. I, I mean, I think it's an issue we should take up separately and have a conversation about we'll do. We'll what do. we want to do with that. Yeah. Okay. okay. But thank you for asking. Okay. Uh, again, do we have a motion on item 7? Not yet. Do we have a motion? No. I move the motion. Okay, is there a second? Second. We have a motion by Commissioner Kaye, a second by Commissioner Lieben. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Kaye? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Lieben? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passes 5-0. Thank you. If you can read uh, item 8, please. Item 8, an ordinance of the City Commission of the City of Southland, Florida, amending Article 5, Procedures and Applications, Sections. Section 20-5.15, Certificate of Use of the Land Development Code to provide additional regulations for certificates of use. Thank you. Uh, do we have a motion on this item? I move the item. Is there a second? Second. Okay, we have a motion and a second. Any questions or comments on this item, colleagues? Yes. Can we yes. get a brief explanation from our city attorney yes, of what's city going attorney, on here please. and why? Sure, sure. Cool. So <laughs> we, we currently have uh, CU rules and DTR rules. Unfortunately, our CU rules uh, boil down to one sentence in the code. Um, our BTR, DTR, which is the business tax receipt rules, are uh, much more robust, okay? What we try to do is kind of track those, and then we added a few little uh, extras um, so that it, it's clear that the authorization to use the property is kind of runs with the business tax receipt, and they kind of inform each other. So that was, that was the idea behind this, this uh, ordinance. The other concept was that there was certain criminal activity that um, wasn't um, wasn't as clearly a, a revocable issue. And when I say criminal activity, I mean real criminal activity. Like I, I'll read you the the provision: um, a certificate holder that allows the premises to be utilized for solicitation for prostitution, pandering, lewd or and lascivious behavior, sale, distribution, or display of uh, of uh, uh, obscene materials or conduct, sale or possession of any controlled substances or narcotics. There's been some issues with uh, certain properties and we realized that we didn't have um, enough teeth with the way our uh, ordinance was established in the, you know, as it was right now. And just to make sure that we have those teeth if those issues. And I, I would just up. add to that beyond teeth, yeah. there was a lack of process for the, for the benefited CU holder. Right. There's no formalized process specified they had no recourse specified in our code as to what they could do to seek redress if their CU was revoked, right? So I think this ordinance is very robust, explains the process, gives people not only, gives us not only more enforcement power, but also gives uh, property owners, business owners, the ability to actually go through a process and have their CU preserved or reinstated. I, how would this have played out with this verbiage now on the Stunner's property? With, with Stun, as there was always their business tax receipt that was at issue, and as I, uh, as I was trying to explain, this kind of tracks the business tax receipt, mm -hmm. so it wouldn't really have changed anything with respect to Stun. Um, we, so the way, the way this works is if your BTR is revoked, then your CU is automatically revoked. But if your BTR has not been revoked under that situation, which was not the case with Stun, right, mm -hmm. then uh, the CU there was a process, there's a process for the CU to be revoked under that scenario. And, and is there 
you're talking about illegal activity. Is there a business that we are seeing that with that we're putting this in place for? I, I think there have there. I know that there have been police raids at one such uh, property uh, by the by the Metro Rail Station uh, that were of concern. And then lastly, I was watching the planning board meeting that just happened, and there was a discussion about something similar to this. Is that what this is? Yes. Yes. Okay. This went to planning board last week. That's correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, just one question. I'm 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 in favor of the item, but I was curious with the new state laws. Does this constitute a restriction that w could create liability for us if if we use it on a business? So we are establishing a process through this. We're not requiring anything additional of businesses. So um, I don't believe that this is this is that that kind of scenario. Now we are bringing this back. This is first reading. We are bringing it back for six, second reading. Uh, we'll take another look at that and, and see if we need a business impact statement um, for this to, okay. to bring that back. Yes, um, Madam Vice Mayor, go right ahead. Today's my day to ask a million questions. Um, <laughs> if we were to, right, today's the day. If today's we, my day to sleep. Oh, God. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be postponed a little while, Commissioner. Look um, if we were to involve the state in what's happening at that property, and that, you know, the state has the ability, obviously, to shut them down, do all kinds of different things that we maybe don't through the police system or what have you. I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this, but if that didn't exist, if that issue did not exist, would we be looking at this? Yes. Uh, yes. I, yeah. So I want to be clear that. Thank we're, you from my right. Uh, no, I, I, I want to be clear. We are not targeting. No, no, no. That I'm property just saying specific. That, that, that. It's just an example. Well, that instance just highlighted that we don't have this process in our code. We don't have these regulations in our code. And that's what prompted that kind of looking at this and saying, hey, wait, 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 why don't we have this? And uh, these rules were crafted from the rules of other municipalities um, that, and, and the county and the city of Miami, all that have the, these, these types of rules for specific use. So we just didn't. Okay. I, I think just if your concern is about how this impacted just a particular owner, and I think it's through no fault of their own. There are, there are issues happening on that property, you know, acts of other people. Um, I would tell you that fr from my perspective as someone who represents property owners, the language here gives them a lot more clarity uh, and I think a lot more process to make sure that if, if there's an action taken by this government adverse to their operating rights, that they've got a process to avail themselves of, which is why I, 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 I'm, I'm glad that we're reducing these processes to writing because right now it's it's a black hole in our code. Do we have many more of these black holes? I feel like we get a black hole every other month or every month. As as we find them, we try to address them um, when when there's there's some issues in the code. There, look lo ambitiously, <laughs> the land development code could use some, and we've discussed this, yeah. Vice Mayor, uh, uh, some cleaning, <laughs> but that's a massive project. Uh, so we're trying to fix the things that we see that are glaring. Okay, and and just out of curiosity, do you run across something that you ever say, hmm, that needs less? Because I always feel like we're adding more versus taking anything away and making things bigger versus, you know, taking away a little bit from government. It it, it sounds like a good thing to me, but I, I never see it go that way. Yeah, that's 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 a fair point. All uh, right, that, can we start looking for things to get rid of? The cure for too many laws is more laws. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I see all the time here. 
but but well, you need laws to to even peel back laws, right? And we have made certain deletions to try to try to uh, streamline certain processes um, in the zoning code. And if as we identify those, we'll we'll bring those to you as well. One can hope. Yeah. <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> Commissioner Corey. No, I was just going to mention that uh, mayor offers no parking every meeting, so he is technically removing things, right? Oh, free parking. boy. Free parking. Yeah. Okay, free parking. with that, we have a motion and a second on this item. Um, Madam Clerk, if we can call the roll, please. Yes, Commissioner Lehman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonilla. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Calle. Yep. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. I don't pass first reading. Thank you. If you could read on mine, please. Item nine, in ordinance of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, amending sections 1-2, rules of construction, definitions 2-2.1, rules of procedure of city commission, 2-31, same publication of notice to hear objections, 2-37, same subject to action by council, 2-80, design bill contract, 9-5, election date and notification, official ballot, 14-5, declaration of state of emergency, and 15-35.1, abandoning vehicles of the city code of ordinances, and sections 20-2.3, definitions, 20-4.2, land subdivision regulations, 20-5.5, applications requiring public hearings, and 20-11.4, demolition of designated sites, demolition by neglect, certificates of appropriateness, and undue economic hardship of the land development code and other sections of the city code of ordinances or land development code as necessary to allow the use of the publicly accessible website designed by Miami-Dade County for publication of legally required advertisement and public notices in accordance with chapter 50 for the statute. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, Mr. City Attorney, I know a very complicated header, very simple item. Could you give very us simple. a quick overview, please? Very simple, yes. Uh, the state law now allows uh, publication by website as opposed to newspaper, uh, provided the county takes certain steps. Um, it had The county had not moved in that direction because the daily business review was still available, and that was a cheap alternative that allowed for publishing uh, of newspaper notice without it breaking the bank for applicants. So this is one such instance where we are uh, uh, streamlining things, making things a little easier for, for, for people to do things. <laughs> I know it doesn't seem like it was in the thank title. You for, thank you for tying that together. Right, but. No, thank you. Yeah, I won't do this. We're, we're uh, if it makes you feel any better, probably the most conservative Republican member of the Florida House was a sponsor yes. of this item we, two sessions yeah. ago when it passed, so with that very intention. So, so the idea is we have a number of references in our, in our code that say specifically say you must publish in the newspaper. We are changing that to allow publication by the website. As soon as the county finishes taking their action, we can then publish on the website. There will be two instances where we cannot publish on the website because they're mentioned in our charter. Um, the one is franchises, which is not so big a deal because it doesn't happen all that often. And the other one is second reading of ordinances, uh, which we will continue ha having to publish in the newspaper, uh, except that uh, we are looking into when that was adopted. So Nick. Nikki, uh, Lily, and I will be discussing that so we'll see if we can track the uh, the history of that because there may be a, another way around that. So how was this advertised? This was advertised an advertisement not to advertise? On second reading, it will be advertised by newspaper, this one. Okay. <laughs> there. there you go. Just Further when we thought it was going to be quiet for you today. Further questions? <laughs> Seeing none, uh, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. I need a motion. Move the motion. Okay. Second. We have a motion by Commissioner Guy, a second by Commissioner Corey. 
Yes. Timothy Calle. Yes. Timothy Corey. Yes. Timothy Lehman. Yes. Vice Bonique. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item five, first reading. Thank you. Uh, if you could read item 10, please. Item 10, in the orders of the Mayor City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, amending Article 4, Other Regulations, Section 20-4.2D of the Land Development Code to allow the issuance of a building permit prior to a final plan in certain circumstances. Thank you for that. Uh, Mr. City Attorney, again, Yes. a Thank brief you. and brilliant explanation. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, this is another one where we're actually we're streamlining the process, believe it or not. Um, this is not taking things off. No, 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 but this is, this is making things easier. Uh, this is making things easier to, to move forward with development. And I, let me explain. When you, when you have a, a plat, uh, the plat process takes a long time, and most jurisdictions allow uh, an applicant to get a building permit prior to final plat. Our code does not. So although it's more words, <laughs> it, is, it is allowing for a, a, a building permit to be issued prior to final plat, subject to certain uh, provisions. Basically, they need to issue, execute a hold harmless agreement that says that they uh, will hold the city harmless. If for some reason they don't go forward with the final plat, the permit will be revoked, and they're, they're, they've got a problem on their hands, and we will not be, the city will not be on the hook for that. This is in line with what the county does, what the city of Miami does, what many, many jurisdictions do. Should help people build their homes, particularly single-family homes, faster. So, which hopefully will reduce costs and uh, have attendant benefits. So, with that as an explanation, any questions? Nope. Seeing none, uh, is there a motion? Mo move the item. Second. Great. We have a motion by Commissioner Liebman, a second by Commissioner Kaye. Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes. Commissioner Kaye. Yes. Commissioner Corey. Yes. Commissioner Liebman. Yes. Vice Mayor Bonique. Yes. Mayor Fernandez. Yes. Item five, first reading. Great. If you can read item 11, please. Item 11, an ordinance of the Mayor City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, creating Article 5, maintenance of private property of Chapter 15 of Census and Miscellaneous Provisions of the City Code of Ordinances to provide for a minimal maintenance standards for private property and enforcement procedures, including city abatement of offending property conditions. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I, I'd like to move the item with one modification, if I may. Um, actually, before I do that, Mr. Secretary, Attorney, again, I want you to give us a brief explanation so sure. we know what we're voting on. Sure, Mayor. Uh, so this, this was a, a, I guess, one of those holes in the code that we uh, noticed um, and we had discussed at a, at a previous meeting. Yes. Um, so the purpose of this is to uh, just to kind of give context, you'll recall we had the conversation related one home mm -hmm. that we are pursuing litigation options. That's that's correct. Around, and the other part was then to adopt an administrative process that would allow us to Abate. remedy remedy the Abate. problem immediately. Right. Yes. So that's right. Again, by way of background, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the the concept behind this is to establish minimum property maintenance standards, uh, and when you don't comply, there's a process to uh, for the city to abate the the nuisance. Uh, that is more direct, um, less cumbersome than, than the current way to do it uh, through the special magistrate uh, process. Now, the special magistrate is still involved in this process, but it's, it's on an appeal uh, uh, situation. Um, and the special magistrate is directed to issue an order to abate if the, uh, if the violation is not cured. Okay. So with that, I, my, my only desired modification is one related to time. I think this gives the special master no discretion beyond 15 days to issue uh, an abatement order. Again, I know we have one very egregious example that we're all eager to see resolved, but I, th I do think we want to give homeowners or affected parties a little bit more time 
and so and give the special master the discretion to to afford them more time if circumstances warranted. So I, I would ask for sixty days as opposed to fifteen. Again, just giving the master that much time to decide to order compliance within that window. Yes, sir. Why was fifteen days used as a as a placeholder? Sim simply to move it along to, to make sure that the, the city could abate it quickly. Is but, that something but, of a standard that you've seen in other municipalities? Yeah, some, some, some municipalities do 30 days, um, 45 days I've seen, 60 days I've seen. Um, 15 days is aggressive. Again, this is not, this, they're not, they don't have to give 60 days. Uh, it allows them to kind of weigh the facts and decide to give them as much as 60 days. Before, we, they only give them as much as 15 days. So they could, if they think it, the circumstances are warranted, if it's been a situation that's been neglected for some time, they could certainly uh, enter a shorter period of time and allow the city to step in, but you know. I don't know if 60 days, Mayor, is, is, is I mean, this process, it, it, it starts way before then. Like, yeah. you know, it's 60 days on top of what the process already has gone through. Is, I, I think, of, you know, why don't we bring it down to, four, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not one to go back 45, 60, it just, 60 seems like a lot, but. Okay, I, I mean, if you want to, I, I would say 45, 30 to 45. Yeah, I think 30. 30 is fine 30 then, is I'm happy to, uh, just more than 15 I thought was a very tight window, so. I think we want to be aggressive. And 30, 30 days is fine with me, so. With a modification of 30 days, I'd like to move the item. Is there a second? Second. So we have a motion with a modification, a second by Commissioner Liebman. Uh, any further questions or comments? Seeing none, Madam Clerk, if you can call the roll, please. Yes, Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Item passed as amended. Thank you. Uh, last, we have commissioner reports. Anyone want to put something into the record? I'll start. Okay, go ahead, sir. Yeah. Um, we kind of been talking about it, not really. Uh, the Porsche event coming up this weekend, supposedly. Uh, there's no permits pulled. Um, I know we have police on staff. We're expecting a big crowd as it moves forward. I know there'll be an issue in the permit and fees coming down the pipeline. Uh, city manager, do you have a calculated cost based on your conversations with the management group of the Porsche station on what those fees would be? Yeah, as an update, um, as recent as uh, this afternoon, we had a meeting with the promoter and, and all staff involved. Um, <clears throat> I know that uh, Sunday night they um, were able to finish uh, the arrangement between them and the promoter and Sunset Place. Uh, obviously, they had, since they're using the property internally and private property, there's some things that they had to come to terms with. That finally happened Sunday night. Um, we have received uh, pretty much all the paperwork. There was a couple of business owners that have not uh, been notified and or they attempted and had, did not receive uh, uh, confirmation that they were notified across the street. Uh, so we made them aware of that. <clears throat> and um, they have to submit uh, insurance. And we gave them a proposal, obviously, from a, a staffing standpoint. Um, so once uh, we received, I received a permit to sign, um, Yvette from Parks <clears throat> holds it until payment is made, and then the permit is issued. Um, so obviously there's a lot going on behind the scenes because this event, uh, the idea of the event came, came forward you know, pretty recent. And there was a lot that they had to do not only with Sunset Place, but the area businesses as well, and then with our staff. So um, <clears throat> as it relates to cost, uh, uh, I'll let Quinn uh, refresh my memory, I believe is uh, mid-30s, mid uh, thousand based on uh, parking meters, 
uh, police staffing. Um, one of the things that, that changes from prior events is the multi-day multi event. And so that has driven the cost of, of the event uh, forward. The, the second aspect I would share is that the uh, spaces that are put out of commission, they're, you know, they're not available, the parking spaces, um, our code requires $100 a day uh, fee for each space. And so now you have an event that's two and a half days, uh, so that's also a driver of cost. Um, Quentin, it, it, did my estimate sort of land around the, do I remember exactly more or less what that was? Absolutely, the um, total price is somewhere between $30,000 and $33,000. There was a slight adjustment in the parking um, fees today, a reduction. So we have to finalize those costs, but we're looking at anywhere between thirty to $33,000 in total fees. So to your point, I think you mentioned costs, Commissioner, and, and so the difference from the event being held last time to now is that per uh, space, per day charge, uh, uh, was increased from 25 to 100 some time ago. I, I, I don't know when the city changed that, but maybe a couple of years ago. So that's the biggest delta for the promoter because he has a reference point of doing the event previously and, and also a single day event versus two and a half day event. Um, but um, so we're, we're trying to bring this to, to permit, get payment and, and hopefully uh, have a successful event. Uh, um, but I wouldn't doubt that there would be some conversation about that specific charge that, that um, I know the promoter had mentioned to us at the meeting today where he thought it was uh, pretty substantial. So as a matter of a question, maybe to the city attorney or maybe just the staff in general, if, if, all right, so I'm not one to move forward and give privileges to an event, especially such last minute, which drives me insane, but if, if can we retroactively vote as a, as, a, as a commission to reduce the fees if we want to retroactively? Is that... Yeah, I'll let, I'll let the attorney address it, but but uh, you know, it's something that you know I think you may consider. It be a could be a reimbursement, but the attorney may veto that. <laughs> um, but I, I think you know, given the history of the event itself and and some issues with payment, I think it's important that we get to that point, that the city receive its payment, um, so we can issue a permit, and certainly that that's something that could be discussed. to look one second yeah just all right so let me we'll, we'll get back to that so um, i guess i guess my my look I, and I'll, I'll ask commissioner lehman because you've been you know you're the resident you know uh person on on this most resident most most mature person on here well not the most time. mature <laughs> trying to be nice um the older the older uh my understanding is that this event has been historically pretty successful for the city its businesses uh, the look and feel, you know, can you can you give at least Commissioner Lehman maybe your feedback since you've been dealing with them how, how this particular event affects the city and its residents and its businesses? Sure. So first, we can just take a step back. Maybe what I was going to say to you during commission comments and one of the few means I'm really tired, but I thought maybe what we could do is exactly what Commissioner Kai is doing. Um, and I know it's late but we skipped the meeting and we didn't have our sunshine meeting. It's just open up for a discussion um, as opposed to announcements. And I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Commissioner Kaye. So um, yeah, where I'm in this, I cord this event initially, try to keep it in South Miami. Um, that burden was really on the, I'm just want to give you some history. I tried to do that last time um, and leave it up to the commission to make a decision. But we said we should have better events in the city as opposed to more. 
this event is um, in terms of the impact to the, the restaurants and the retailers, by far has the biggest impact. Um, if you're ever gonna do an economic analysis and um, it's an event that we love to have, right? And, and retain, but that said, right, there was monies that were unpaid. I, I set up two meetings with the previous city manager to do exactly that, to waive those fees, sat in an office with the city manager, so person, someone of a personal relationship with, they confirmed the meeting, called them and texted them, they never showed. Gave them, an, set up another meeting, okay, come, and that never showed again, not even the courtesy of a phone call, a text, an apology, on top of not showing when previous city manager was willing to waive, um, waive those fees. Um, so, what, what my, and then again, it's, it's always last minute, there's a lot of, there's a, you know, a significant element of disorganization. So I don't, um, I don't have an issue waiving fees to court the event, we keep the event, but I, I do have an issue with stressing our staff. I don't, I don't think it's, it's just my opinion, fair. The burn falls on staff, falls on our parks and rec department, our police department, because remember, they're now working weekends, and um, they're, they're closing um, Sunset Drive for at least, two, at least 48 hours, right, or 48 plus. So we could say this, I mean, and they didn't meet, we did everything, they didn't meet the deadline. So we, we could say, hey, this year do it at Sunset Place. They're not gonna be able to do it at Sunset Place forever, but Sunset Place as well would like to retain the event, would like to sign a long-term contract, but Sunset Place will be under construction for a long period of time. So maybe this year it's limited to Sunset Place, and then next year the city does it. And then, and then one thing I would say to the commission, I said this to the city manager earlier, um, support anything the commission wants, we have all the fees, whatever the commission wants to do. But what I, another way to approach that is waive those fees based on a commitment the following year or following two years or um, offer a rebate, just hypothetically. You wanna waive half the fees, they'll get that 50% credit back next year or they can do it next year without out fees. But what I would try to do with that concession and maybe um, someone could be assigned this, kind of sunset place on the same page, they would like to keep the event here, is, is talk about some longevity as opposed to a one-off, because right now the commitment is, hey, we want to do it here last minute, but it's the city's burden to make it, um, you know, make it happen. So, sorry, I mean, that's just, it, it is absolutely the best event in terms of net impact to the, um, to the retailers and restaurants, I know I said that, and it's also in a very short period of time became the second or third largest porch event in the uh, in the country, which was pretty cool for South Miami. So, so I, I, I agree, sorry. Please. And sorry, yeah, I don't know if what I said was helpful or not, but I'll do whatever the commission yeah. would like to do. I, I, you know, I think that, I'm glad you said that. And I'm in a precarious position because of a personal relationship, but I represent the city, so. No, no, I understand, and I, I think, I kind of, I, I really feel the same exact way you do. I, I think that, I think he needs, he needs help. Uh, I do think this is an event for the city Moving forward, that could be one of our cornerstones and, and really exaggerate what we're exact. I forgot what word I'm trying to use there. Um, but I think it's really beneficial for the city moving forward if we really cultivate this particular product and do it well as a good partnership. Uh, I'm not going to waive his fees this year. Uh, I don't like the fact that he's coming to the last minute. He doesn't give us the opportunity. To I, I, I haven't. I mean, I have not heard. Have you, have you been approached about a request? Because I, I have, have not been. I have. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm just curious. Well, I mean, Sorry. It's just and a weird. It's it's the most. It's one of the events I've heard the most about. 
but had the least conversation about any of the any of the details. I mean, I know staff was huddling with him today to talk about this, but I, you know, from my perspective, question I would have is, I think it's a great event, but do we need to find somebody else to handle the promotion? Or do we want to self-promote the event? I mean, I don't know if there's a particular set of relationships this person has that brings, you know, collectors to this location, but yeah. I mean, Maybe we can work. We've got, you know, we do have a number of businesses here that specialize in servicing, uh, refurbishing, you know, collector Porsches. I mean, we could probably work with some of our, our native businesses to kind of curate our own event if it's something we want to do because it has that kind of an impact. I, I mean, I'm personally, I'm not interested in waiving fees at this point because I, I just don't know what we're getting for it. I think it's a good point you're making. If we're going to have that conversation, maybe it's a credit against future fees because they did this a year's event, and we're going to have a multi-year commitment to do it in years going forward. So, if I, so sorry, yeah, a few, I want to touch on a few things you said. Commissioner Kai hit the nail on the head. This is, if from an outsider, if I can sit over here, looking to my right, everyone's left at this commission. It is 100% in line with what this commission wants, wants to do. Um, and what's telling is that Sunset Place, even looking forward to what will be an entertainment district, wants a long-term contract with the um, with the event. Um, uh, Mayor, in terms of your point, you haven't fielded a, a right a request to waive fees, but I, I spoke with the city manager. Word your mouth, Mr. City Manager. But upon arriving before the meeting, and um, he implied that 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 um, the applicant thought the fees were high and there'd probably be a, a request. I was receiving calls just prior to the meeting and a text from the applicant saying, hey, the fees are high. So I don't, I think it's, I think yes, the, the applicant is concerned about the fees and would like a, a reduction. So I, I think that's the, the way um, yeah, I, I Mr. Just... Kaye characterizes is, is, is accurate. Um, and let me give you some further. So following, and yeah, ex expense was a concern. They went to Collie Square for a couple of years. It's open, no fees, but not a desirable location. And then last year, they went to the city of Miami, and traffic, parking, organization was a mess, and the city had a problem with it, and that's why they're not going, that's why they're not going back. It was very well attended. I, 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 I just, let's, I want to land this conversation. So if, if, there's a, if there's a motion to waive the fees, we'll entertain it. I would just say that for me, it's hard to have this conversation in the abstract. We don't, I don't know that we have an event plan. I've not seen one from staff. We don't have a fee quote. Uh, we don't have a person here asking us who's the promoter, who should have economic interest in, in making the request. So, I mean, my, my, my preference would be let's deal with this when the request comes forward as opposed to taking up our time any further this evening. Sorry, yes, sir. One other thing, Mayor. Just a response. To, you said we can do it. He's absolutely the driver, and he does have a network with you know, global with collectors globally. So um, he his. He is the driver for the event. I, I, I get it, but I, you know, I, you know, I would just say, look, I think it's, it's, I think it, from what I'm hearing and the little I know about this event, it's operating history and the promoter is that it's a hard person to have a predictable relationship with, right? It seems like it's been very up and down, very hit and miss. The events have been produced, they're very well, they're very, there's a, there's a big market for it, but I think probably from a production and what I want is a marketing bank for our buck, you know, that, that drives business into our into our F and B business here. And I don't think for us to waive fees prospectively at ten thirty 
two days before the event with no ability to leverage the opportunity to market. So the, the festival is necessarily the best way to get uh, the most out of this event. Uh, Mayor, I don't think my intention was to waive the fees today. I think my intention was just to take a straw poll that would be open to waiving the fee, not completely, obviously, but partially uh, after the fact. And that straw poll answer for me is no, because again, we just don't have the opportunity to Fair. to leverage the, the the benefit of the event to drive business to our to our um, you know to our city. And again, I you know I look, we're gonna have a, I'm I'm gonna bring an item next meeting on behalf of the Arts Festival, which I think is another one that has some potential. Agreed. Long-standing partner, a nonprofit, there's no there's no profit motive on the part of the sponsors, volunteer-driven, you know, um, they're behind the eight ball as well. I've told them they should have brought the request before, but a little bit more forgiving of a nonprofit group where everybody has a full-time job and is working to help promote our downtown than personally a, a promoter who, I don't know if he's for-profit or nonprofit, but it looks like it's a profit, you know, it's a profit venture for him. And I, again, it just doesn't give us, the, they've already networked with our, our restaurants. They're promoting existing businesses here in South Miami. I don't know if they're gonna get that benefit from, um, from this event in quite the same fashion. So, yes, sir. Two, three, one is, just because you know, right, the personal relationships, but um, your best friend's business partner used to help um, this promoter produce this event. So that's a good contact for you. I know you have a lot of best friends. Yeah, the, the person sure. you singled out. No <laughs> offense to everyone else you told they were their best friends, but uh, no, in the in the air in the air conditioner business, right? They're I, you know, if okay. That, yeah, no, right. I know who you're referring to, but we've never had a discussion about. This no, event. I'm saying you should have a discussion. I know, but I mean, I, so it's it's a. Okay. I, I, so that's one. I just wanted to. Land, sorry, uh, yeah. Mr. Lehman, I just. A straw poll, I would say yes. Uh, just a, a quick straw yeah. poll so we can understand but, how we look. I'm sorry. No, sorry, but no, the other thing I, I want to say is no comparison with any other event. I'll pick on the art festival in terms of these, the economic impact to the city. And I know we're all trying to help Agreed. our commercial area. The other thing I'll say is it's, it's. I mean, you could title a business if we get into legalities, a non for profit or for profit. The event is not profitable. That was one of the reasons he wasn't able to pay the city, lose money. And I just want to say, I mean, it's not a non for profit. I, I, but they lose money. It is volunteer based. Um, so, no, I, I I understand. I think it just again to me reinforces my concern about the fact of whether this is a well promoted event. You know, particularly if it's got a profit motive. Can I get the straw poll from? I'm a no. Okay. I would be a yes with the conditions potentially of longevity. Knowing what I know right now, I'm I'm a no just because I have absolutely no point of reference for anything. I. I I could be saying yes to five thousand dollars. I could be saying yes to fifty thousand dollars, and I wouldn't do it at well, home. So I'm definitely not doing it here. The max would be thirty-three thousand dollars right now, right? That was the max. But but what what kind of discount? What, what there's nothing. Like literally, we're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist yet. And so for me, it's a no because it's like I'm I'm pretending. I agree with you exactly. I'm pretending. I I. I you know, like, okay, my the car could cost it's me $33,000, but the manufacturer is going to give me a rebate. How much? I don't know. Oh, sure, I'll buy it. Like, no, I'm not doing that. That's fair. You said just pull the carpet out from underneath me. But <laughs> I, I, would, I would try to um, I'll support any discount, but credit against next year. Fair enough. I mean, just let's get a commitment for next year because our staff, and I, I don't know, I mean, we should re-ask our staff if it's even something that, City right, it's last minute, overtime, weekend. Is this something that we feel we can support if we move forward with it? 
Well, uh, so, so globally the answer is yes, but I just want to make clear, there's been no formal request of staff. Understood. Um, even as late as today, uh, the, the, you know, the gentleman uh, uh, you know, shared his concern uh, with the parking fee. Um, so duly noted, and, and we kind of got to the root cause of it, and it's really is the, the, his reference point is the last event, and, and the difference in that per space is the, the, the big difference. So having said that, there also is some history with the previous event and, and, and uh, the city having to, to wait to be compensated uh, for, for at that time. So I, I want to make sure that the city is not in that situation at this time. Um, so, but having said that, we've heard, and certainly Commissioner Lieben has that history, heard the success of it uh, in the community. And, and so, you know, it's worthy of consideration. You just can't have this conversation in this manner at an event of this magnitude at a late juncture of the way he, not, not late today, I mean late the way he brought I, it to the city. I think just to close the conversation, this is exactly the right event that we want. Mm -hmm. It brings a demographic with disposable income to our town center that can support our existing businesses. I, I think we all want to see it. I think it's great that um, Alex Vidia at Sunset Place is so committed to it. I applaud him for it, but I, I just think we don't want to sanction, particularly with the track record of this operator where there is an outstanding balance due to the city. I don't think we want to sanction uh, an after the fact. I don't know if it's, has it been paid? Great, I'm glad to hear it's been satisfied. It was outstanding for quite some time. So it's good to hear that it's been satisfied, but just knowing that history, I don't know that we want to sanction this kind of after the fact. I think going forward, we should have a, a uh, we should have a conversation about it, and I'm happy to support it. That time. I just wanted to draw both. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I would just share that I, I did tell him that I understood having that reference point and the difference on the per space. You know, it's a substantial difference. I mean, yeah. you're quite I, I think for for-profit events, and what I would suggest, because I think the <laughs> vice mayor did a laudable job trying to kind of give this some structure. The hundred the hundred dollar fee is an arbitrary number. I think if, if we're gonna if we're gonna charge people, let's charge them what we collect on average. Mm -hmm. If it's thirty three dollars, it's thirty three dollars. It makes the execution of the events a lot easier. It, cover, it covers our costs. It doesn't make it sound like we're waiving an exorbitant amount of revenue that we actually don't get. Also, so I mean that would be my my recommendation going forward. If we can modify the process to actually reflect the true costs that we're waiving as opposed to an inflated number, um, I think it would make these these requests all, a lot more palatable and a lot more true to the actual cost and if, and if the event is successful the spillover of parking in other areas you know generates even you Again, know I, you know we we should think this is for the public good we want to drive we want to drive revenue to our businesses that ultimately pay the brick and mortar taxes this is the kind of event we want yeah sorry yes sir thinking inside the box yeah um random throwing something against the wall here so you could potentially say you can do it this year you can do it for free do it inside the parking garage put it up top and go down it's all contained we don't have to close any roads maybe you keep saying i'm supporting you that's critical um don't have to charge for parking it'll draw people there and there you go and that way we're not saying no and there's no cost to the city it's contained it's an idea we can't do this this year. It's last minute. It's a big deal to close Sunset. We're not closing Sunset, which also hurts some businesses when you do that. So hey, but you want to do the parking garage? And I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm run that by staff. Obviously, do we know if he's amenable to that. The promoter? I don't. But this way, we're not saying I'll, no. I'll, I'll champion that from my side, and maybe with the city manager, we can have another conversation. But um, Mr. Riverall, if we were to say let's go forward with that as a a, a solution, we have monthly permit holders. 
what time was the, I mean, would we be able to have them vacate to give them access to the, I don't know, the whole garage or the upper floors of the garage without prejudicing those current permit holders? I mean, to put you right on the spot, sorry. Yeah, we, we would have to f figure out how to accommodate and, 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 and maybe given that it's substantially more of a weekend event, some of those permit holders may not necessarily be parking on the weekend, so it'd be a reduced well, population. We don't have overnight parking, so I don't yeah. think there's a conflict, but I'm just asking if what time what time was he planning on and the closing the best place to do Friday? this is the top, because that's the most open area and worked out. Four, four in the morning? And maybe the top so accommodates four in the morning. Four in the morning beginning Saturday? Friday. Friday, so, four, so all of Friday, mm -hmm. Sunset was going to be closed. Yeah, you got it. Under their operational plan. Yeah. Okay, so we had a full so so there would be a conflict with our but, permit holders in but, the garage. But but I think I think it's two different sites, you know, operationally are different. You know how he's using Sunset Place and the spaces. Okay, I, let me just say that I, I kind of at this point I you know it's late I'm resent having this conversation without the person here or any information. I think it's putting us on the spot. Let's just let's just agree to revisit in the future if we can. Uh, yeah, Mayor, my, my point was just to have a quick follow-up. Yeah. We don't have to have a decision yet. I just wanted a quick Thank you. perspective. Okay. And, and can I say one thing? Yes, ma'am. I, I, I appreciate you saying that's use real numbers because we talk about $30,000. It may well be $7,000, and then we're dealing in real versus kind of a hypothetical no, number that we know was put in place to deter any Closures. kind of activity. Thank you for that. Okay. That's it for my comments for further commission reports. Commissioner Corey. Um, I, did, I did just want to add, uh, I didn't want to mention this when the Fresh Market Project was here. I didn't want to see them grateful for what they're bringing forward, but it did bring to light an issue I still see in our hometown district, which is um, burying the power lines. They won't be doing that as part of their improvements. They've shown us actually that when they asked FBL for the cost of burying the power lines behind their project, FBL gave them a number of 400 and it executed at 800. FBL gave me a number of six million for the hometown district. So just to think about what that cost is gonna be for us to bury the power lines, particularly on 73rd and 74th, to make our downtown attractive. It's a significant cost. I think it's something we should be thinking about somehow building into zoning, somehow looking for f uh, funding from somewhere because that's a, it's gonna, it's gonna be expensive. Anytime you go through FBL directly, it's gonna be a lot more expensive. So we wouldn't want them to be the provider for that. Yeah, just personal to know, I was at uh, Delhi, you know, Delhi Lane the other day and watched two separate panhandlers at private property, even though panhandling ordinance is at every single table, went and engaged the owners. They have a new manager, which is good, former part owner, pre-COVID of town. And I went and I said, hey, let me, is it costing all your customers? No panhandling ordinance, private property. So we like to engage the restaurants more about their rights um, about trespassing people, you know, having one designated officer, a number on speed dial. Um, I know uh, Commissioner Corey's doing a tremendous job with, with housing and so forth, but I, I just, I know it's related, but I still see it separate from these aggressive uh, panhandlers and, and uh, both of them were very aggressive. I mean, literally they had every single table and that's the furthest thing from the city of Pleasant Living and the furthest thing from us Right, creating a business, a f safe environment, a business-friendly environment. I know we can't be all places all the time, but it, I just I don't know, want to educate the businesses on how they can take initiative and, and 
protect their property, their business, and their, their clients. Okay. You know, it, it's interesting you say that. My, my kids were here for Christmas break, and my daughter called me while she was at Muse Tea because it was her and the other young girl that works at the counter, and a guy came in, and he kept saying, I'm not leaving, I'm not bothering anybody. So, of course, the girl on the counter is, like, arguing with him, trying to get him to leave. My daughter obviously has me, so she picks up the phone and she's like, you need to call the police department and tell them to come over here. There's this guy and he won't leave and we're scared. And so we just, we got to do something, guys. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to be getting worse. And we can't be in all places at all times, but we've, we've got to figure something out because, you know, I, I think giving the businesses the the info saying hey you can do this and putting a no trespass order is is great it sounds great but it's not helping you know my daughter at Muse Tea or your friend sitting at the table we I I feel like we're trying to win the you know the, the hundred thousand dollar pyramid and we can't get past the bottom of it so I I'm I'm open to listening to anything at this point. I mean, from, from our police department, from our staff of what more we can do. We did the no camping ordinance. I don't know if that's working. I, I drove by, um, not yesterday, maybe day before yesterday, and there was a guy, again, sleeping on the floor of my husband's, where my husband has his office. And that has a no trespass order, and he was still sleeping there. It wasn't even 7 o'clock at night. And so... Yeah, but with the same issue at, at Books Park, there's... Yeah. The guy who's regularly sleeping there. I mean, I think, you know, Chief, we need to figure out, you know, your folks on patrol, what they're observing, if you can get back to us and report out and see, you know, what we can do. We've we've done, I think, a, a pretty good job of contributing uh, financial resources to have more outreach, um, create more shelter capacity by buying beds. Uh, we have taken some enforcement steps. You know, I don't know how that's translating on the ground every day in terms of our, our men and women in uniform interacting with these folks. Uh, you know, we don't we don't want to take them off to jail. We want to get them the help no, they need. But uh, but no, yeah, it's, it, it, it does. It takes a long time to process people. So that's not a that's not a fruitful effort for us either. No. But I think we just need some feedback from you all to say how we can better equip you guys to to deal and manage with those interactions so that folks obviously. Are getting the services they need, and and people can enjoy our, our town center without being feel like they're being hassled or or under duress. Yeah. So, and and shout out to MLK organization, y'all rocked it with that breakfast. The seniors loved it. I'm sure everybody else did too. But you know, I I love my people. Okay, by way of quick close from my perspective, Mr. Manager, if at, at our next agenda or maybe in your report, if you can give us an update on what's happening with the bird scooter program. Uh, just curious to see what's happening from a utilization perspective. And you know, the company's been in the news for not being well capitalized lately. So I don't want to get stuck on understand what our rights are if we need to shut the program down because they remain in bankruptcy, what, what, are, what we can do. Um, I'd love to get an update on freebie from the transition now to, um, to the Teslas to see what's happening in terms of ridership and utilization whether the headways are actually coming down as they had indicated. Uh, as a companion to that, I think if we can add to the February 6th priorities meeting agenda, uh, maybe a copy of the of the RFP you guys are developing 
for transportation services so we can have a conversation with that and possibly push that out into the marketplace. Um, I spoke this to the deputy manager about this earlier. In terms of South Miami Plaza, I was able to get VIA to go out to Metro South and do a Metro Connect presentation uh, about that new service. I think it'd be helpful if we can get some of that information on our city website generally, maybe have marketing do a pitch about that. It's a really fantastic service. It gets people door to door within a wide zone uh, that can get you a lot of your daily service needs met, not just the last mile to transit. It would also be great for our seniors at South Miami Plaza if we could organize or ask VIA to do a presentation for them there as well. I've not had, had any success getting them connected to Yvette Valdez so we can actually make that happen. Uh, with the seniors, one of the biggest problems they're having is they're not, you know, the most adept at using the app. And they also have a hard time envisioning how they can make those connections. When we did a presentation at Metro South, it was very effective to just ask them where they want to go, typically in a day to day, in their day to day life, and very easily explain how the service can get them there. So, would love to see if we can get something organized on the calendar with them for, for South Miami Plaza as well. And then, uh, two last items. Um, Mr. City Attorney, I want to work with you on getting a um, interlocal on traffic mitigation measures adopted. I know Coral Gables and other cities have taken control of that process. Uh, the county's rule that requires unanimous consent of all the neighboring owners is makes the whole exercise futile. I keep getting complaints about speeding on 58th Avenue, which I share with the manager. I shared with residents, you know, who are in the WhatsApp group for my neighborhood that our efforts that have been approved and that our budget have essentially been defeated by the objection of one neighbor. So I think we need to take control of that process so that we can modify the, modify the rule and live by the will of the majority as opposed to, you know, one potential holdout. And then lastly, I know I've been speaking to the Art Development Services Director about this. We're seeing a lot of single family home construction. That's really positive, but I don't think we're necessarily doing the best job or have the best protocols for managing that right now. Um, what I'm most concerned about is eliminating construction on holidays. We had some issues over the MLK holidays, so if we can bring back an ordinance to kind of eliminate the ability of people to do work. We have liberalized work on Saturdays. We're seeing maybe that not everyone's thrilled by that, but let's let that continue to play out. I think we also need to think about how are we managing the staging and parking of worker vehicles? I know Commissioner Liebman's probably observed this. They tend to end up all over the right, yeah, all over the right of way, and in many cases to destroy the abutting swale. And so I think maybe coming up with a concept where we require a staging plan, right, for laborers, and maybe requiring a restoration bond. Our, our median project on 84th Street has been substantially damaged by, I think, the, the development of one single family home, which looks to be a beautiful home. But, you know, we need to have the resources so that if, you know, the developer does not do the right thing, we can restore the right of way. And so I think a restoration bond scheme of some modest amount probably will help us get there. So if we can get that teed up for a future agenda, I, I'd appreciate that. Okay. Okay, guys. Thank you. With that, uh, we stand adjourned.